0: Battles of the page and the past. This is Victorical. Hey everybody, it's that time again. Welcome back to Victorical. Come on in, take your coat off, and stay a while. As always, I'm Bailey, and I'm sitting here with PD and AMAC.
1: How's it going?
0: All right, folks. We're coming back to you this week for episode four, and we're going to be breaking down what, fellas? Thermopylae. Yes, sir. Battle Battle. of 300. (laughs) We're going to be talking about the... The actual historical battle, and also be touching on some of the representations in uh, Frank Miller's comic book Three Hundred, that was also turned into a movie by Zack Snyder, which was what Uh, two thousand and eight. Oh, I was I bet it was
1: seven. Yeah, Yeah, we weren't. It was a pretty defining moment in high school, though. That movie was in my life. Yeah, Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) see all those muscly men with Mm -hmm. the shirts off. Gives you something to aspire Make, to that you're never going to achieve.
1: Or makes you think things about yourself for the first time. Yeah, I mean, makes you, you ask know, questions. It's true, mm. it's true. A lot, I'm sure there's a lot of people that, that was the moment they're like, oh, I like dudes mm. now. Yeah, <laughs> not, not us. Like, no, not us, no. to clarify. but well, <laughs> to, to women.
0: And if you don't know much about it, this is the battle where an alliance of Greek city-states uh, fought against a massive invading Persian army led by Xerxes. Um but before we get into that, I wanted to touch base on something that I experienced last weekend. Uh, I went to C2E2 in Chicago with my wife, which is a, like a Comic-Con convention. And uh, while we were there, we saw a lot of really cool costumes. But as we're going through, you see all these people in these really badass like armor and all these elaborate mm-hmm. costumes and all these people. You wonder how they're going to the bathroom because you know, they're in them all day. So my wife mentioned that all these people will wear like adult diapers and Messing their britches, mm-hmm. which I just you think don't, it's I mean, got to be number ones, right? Oh, surely you
1: don't <laughs> extend it. Like, you got a hot, are you dropping a hot you, load. Yeah. I, I guess what
0: do you eat yeah. the night before? Yeah. How bad's it got to come out? But, I mean, uh, all
1: right. So, turns out being grown men, I don't remember wearing a diaper. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you shit yourself, does it just like cake and just squeeze and you mush it against your butt cheeks? Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Probably form factors mm. to your
1: cheeks. So, I mean, like, same thing. Like, when you piss in it, you're just. That's extra weight that you just have to carry around right against your body. Does it get cold? Is yeah, it? Is it bad. I mean, like, it, it sits in it?
0: like that that warm little nook. You don't you don't lose a lot of heat down there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's always running pretty hot yeah. in the undercarriage. My question is, if you do have to take it to, you can't stand and take a shit, can you? Like you gotta. Surely you, gotta, you, gotta yeah, it
1: you got a slob squat. You got posture,
0: right? <laughs> slob
1: squat. Is yeah. that a term? Yeah. 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 You know what a slob squat is. I mean, I know. I, a,
0: I know what you're talking yeah. about. I never knew it was called a slob squat. Yeah, you yeah. you throw a cigarette <laughs> in and like. Yeah. You got to be smoking a cigarette. Gotta, yeah. Yeah. You got to throw precursor. on your jumpsuit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Damn. All right. Wear your Adidas and just boom, pop it out. Mm-hmm. So, so if, if you guys like, went to one of these conventions,
0: would you do it? Would you I, do a hot drop? Yeah. If you had to.
1: I don't think that I can possibly do that as a conscious individual. I'm planning on shit myself when I can't control getting to the bathroom anymore but I don't want to have to poop my pants
0: yeah ideally I, yeah I'm a nervy bowel operator I only operate in a very specific set of circumstances I'm a ho- otherwise a home
1: court shit. yeah yeah
0: yep. things close up real quick
1: I had to take a shit in your house earlier and I was very uncomfortable mm-hmm. yep. your wife was 40 feet away down the hallway and I'm like oh, no I was
0: uncomfortable for you just sitting up here <laughs> it wasn't great it was tense uh-huh. it's a tense moment so <laughs> it's fine
1: it's not it's not your spot It's not your throne, and you're sitting there like, this doesn't feel right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, now that we got that out of the way, let's kick off this week's Fact Check with AMAC. Let's go.
1: Fact Check. Well, actually. All
0: right. Fact Check number three. Turns out when you do fantasy battles it's harder to miss factual stuff. That's true. Or maybe perhaps we're just getting that much better. <laughs> like perhaps we're just getting smarter and, and more prepared. So what so you're we saying didn't is we're
1: not bullshitting our way through yeah. all of it. Yeah. Not all of it. We
0: will at least touch on a few things that were up in the air. Iron them out, if you will. So That's first fair. one is uh, how to pronounce the name Tolkien, which apparently is Tolkien. There was some toss up about it. It, it, from what I see and understand, it doesn't matter. Like everybody has their own opinion on it, but, If you wanted to get back to the German origin of the word, it would be pronounced Tolkien.
1: That's interesting. There you go. Well, fuck those people. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) We also made some wild estimates as to what the distance across the the United States. So I've ironed that out here as well. Depends on the angle you take. So we'll do a quick like southwest to northeast, then northwest to southeast, Mm -hmm. then directly across. So if you go north of the border, just above Tijuana, and you take off and you go all the way basically to the top, area of Maine, which is called Allagash. Oh, that's um, fun. didn't know at, They have a brewery there, Allagash Brewery. No, you ever I'm see that? Check beers? that out. Very tasty. Um, it's about 3,285 miles by Jesus. the road too. That's not necessarily as the crow flies. That's as you drive
1: it. As so, you drive it. Yeah. So that's zigzagging your way to get yeah, there in the first place. It was more of a straight
0: line than I thought it was going to oh, be seriously? when I looked at the okay. map. It wasn't, I figured it would be pretty zigzaggy, but you kind of like catch a couple of main highways I mean, and you're up there. So if you go from San Francisco which is obviously as far on the West coast and then sort of a direct cross all the way to Hilton head, South Carolina. If you belly it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 2,753 miles. And then all the way up in the North West from Seattle down to the Southeast in Miami is about 3,300 miles. So we weren't that far off. I think that's
1: pretty, I think that's we did win. better
0: than I, yeah. I don't, what
1: did we even say? I don't even know. I think we said 1, around 3,000. 3,000 yeah. miles. Hey, yeah, so it looks like 3,000 miles to me. About yeah. the
0: average. Yeah. Uh, John tried to make the wild claim that uh, mead is made of bee jizz. <laughs> I'm sure, a little bit gets in there. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think it'll come to a shock.
1: How do bees jizz <laughs> yeah. in the first place?
0: Well, let's look that one up for next How time. How are bees, bees, bees made? Jizz. Is there only one queen bee and she makes all the eggs? I don't. How do bees the reproduce?
1: One, it's a queen, the queen's the only one that lays eggs. But is it only one queen in a hive? or is it I don't know so does she just only like... one queen in a hive right. That's yeah. what I thought. Well, you're the bee expert, dude. yeah, hey,
0: I gotta talk to my my pops. I gotta get the info on that. You're I don't the know. only
1: one in this room who's fed his own bees. <laughs> yeah, before. I know you
0: buy you have there's only one one queen per hive, and that sometimes they can create a second queen mm-hmm. and then they have like this big falling out. There's a fight. sometimes hives will like evacuate, and you'll just see like a swarm on the street, like around a tree branch or something, huh. so if you ever see like a swarm of bees, like, Huddled on a wall or on a tree, it's because they like fled their hive. Maybe no we should shit. do a, a like a sub episode, and we'll bring in Bob Bailey. Yeah, yeah I think all, on, it it all about bees. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> all about him. bees with Bob. Yeah, <laughs> so be to the. Do you think you'd power. feel comfortable asking your dad about how bees fuck each other? I don't know that he would know that answer. Oh well. I suspect he does. I tried to get him to listen to this the other day. I set it up for him on his iPod, so yeah. he might be listening to it. Oh. All right. Who knows? All right. If if he is. What's on up, his Bob? iPod. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple generations behind. <laughs> uh, He's talking about smartphones, though. So. All right. He's talking about it. He's talking about going to a smartphone. He's going to get rid of Potench. the clamshell. potential. Really? Huh. Mm-hmm. Does your dad clip his phone to his belt? Oh, no. No. He's really? hip. He's cool. Okay. Does your
1: dad clip his phone to his no. belt? No. No. My dad hardly either. ever carries huh.
0: his phone. He's just like a...
1: He's you might get
0: me if I'm driving somewhere. I might carry it with me, and it might be on. <laughs> hmm.
1: That's how the government gets you. Sam. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> All right. So, how actually is uh, mead made? It's basically fermented honey, yeast, and a little bit of water. It's let not it, that complex. It's like wine,
1: right? You just let it sit. And it just, just kind yep. of does its thing. It just goes. Yeah. Okay. Um, it tasted not great. I still have the, the bottle yeah, that I drank. Awesome. It's still at my house because I didn't drink it. Yeah. Oh, shit. Never mind. I drank it. <laughs> <laughs> False. 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 I did drink it. <laughs> Mixed uh, it with a bunch of LaCroix. Tasted way better.
0: There you go. Churched it up.
1: Yeah.
0: We did get a uh, our first email through the inbox, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. Is Thank true. you, Austin, for submitting that. And he uh, he questioned whether Buzz indeed swam in the poo waters <laughs> of the uh, Mariville Water Park. <laughs> Deep River uh, Water Park. Shout out. And I think we'll say he did. I heard he did because again, anecdotal at best. Buzz is another one of our roommates from college, so Mm -hmm. and he got in there, got in there, liked it with his mouth open. I heard, yeah, I heard that he was gargling the poo water like like Pac
1: Man. He went like (laughs) like right off the top of the water.
0: They just let the waves run to him. He was chomping them. (laughs) All right. Well, now that we've covered poo in two different uh, ventures before we even got into it, let's. uh, Let's start off this episode with a toast. This week we're drinking mm. some red wine, as we figured that would be the common drink of uh our Greek. Do we have any confirmation on that? Yeah, oh yeah, no, they drink is. the shit out of yep, wine. All right. did. Yeah. Maybe not red Sutton Garden Sutter, Sutter House. Sutter Cabernet. House, yeah. Maybe <laughs> it was a little bit fancier than this. But All here right. it is, boys. Yamas, boys. Yamas. Ya You know, I made the comment last week that I thought mead was maybe better than red wine. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I'm stepping back on that about? immediately. Yeah, yeah. you See, said red said wine's you don't not, red. Wine's well, not I love that bad. It, it tastes like dry. Yeah. Tastes like church.
1: Tastes like, like church.
0: <laughs> like mass. Yeah. Tastes like childhood. Mm-hmm.
1: A little bit of bread. A little bit of red wine.
0: Yeah, a little wafer. They hand me. They put the wafer on your tongue. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't just put it in your hands, but they. I never, I never tongue. let them do that. So I would just take it myself. I that's don't know. how you get
1: the coronavirus. That's exactly right how you get the coronavirus. Yeah. yeah,
0: or like when they, when they go around and they pass the cup, and then at the end you see the guy just guzzling just, it all himself. Like I'll finish it. Don't yeah. worry, guys. I'll finish it.
1: But it's, it's the whole wiping. when they, they pass the
0: cup. Yeah, have you ever been to like Catholic churches where they like everyone comes up and get in line and they all drink from the same cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then at the end.
1: The priest has to finish it because finish it's, it's, it's yeah. sanctified. Uh, Whatever's left. It's, it's, blood Christ. it's you Jesus' it. blood. They leave it out. Yeah. You can't pour one out for the homies. <laughs> <You should laughs> pour, pour, one pour one out for, one out for Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alright, well,
0: we're through the toast. I think we're ready, Pete. You want to tell right. us about who was involved with this battle?
1: Yes, sir. So we're going to start by talking, again, about our main players in our story. We're not going to spend a ton of time talking about... Um, the Persians. So it's really just gonna be more of a quick rundown of who the Persians were, where they're at, that kind of thing. So, the Persians or the Achaemenid Empire is a Persian kingdom that existed from around 550 BCE to 330 BCE.
0: What did what did B? Give me BCE. You know? Okay,
1: so BCE versus BCE and and CE versus BC and AD. So. BCE and CE are used now by historians because BCE stands for before common era and CE stands for common era. Because mm-hmm. the old ones are BC is before Christ yeah. and AD is Anno which means in the year of the Lord. So it starts in year one when Christ is, that, is supposed to have been born. Is that Latin? Yeah. The Latin word? Yeah. So no one knows for sure when that is. Mm-hmm. You know, we can say it's year zero, Christ is born, boom, right here, but no one knows. And it's also attaching a. Christian religious moniker to a something that's used for all time. Right. So they try they change it to before common era and common era. That's probably for the best. So is it
0: is BC start like that that marker is when Jesus is born. So year
1: 0 everything before that is BC. 0 is when Christ is supposed to have been born, born. and everything Not past every that died. is domino Okay.
0: And so what we're working in here is you said 550 550
1: BCE to 330 BCE. Okay. So Got that's it. the that's the Persian Empire. The okay. Achaemenid Empire. So the empire was founded by Cyrus the Great or Cyrus the Elder in 550 BCE, but the person who's going to be at the center of our story is going to be several kings down the line and that's Darius the 1st. So Darius the 1st is the one who really takes the Persian Empire and turns it into the juggernaut that it was in the ancient world. Okay? So around 470 BCE, 10 years before our battle takes place, the Persian Empire is at the height of its power. And we're talking Two point one million square miles. Damn. Basically big. it extends from real big. So the the, ba- the Balkan Peninsula, which is like Bulgaria, Romania, Ukraine today, all the way across through modern day Turkey, Syria, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, and Pakistan, all the way to the Indus River Valley in northwest India. And all the way from there along the northern coast of Africa and through Egypt.
0: It's basically the better part of the Middle East, yeah, and, so, I mean, and the better part of Egypt.
1: Yeah, it yeah. is it is the most powerful kingdom in that region mm-hmm. in history. Far for north. sure. By far and alone. And on the other side of this whole thing, we've got the Alliance of Greek city-states. Okay. And this is honestly the there's so many different cultures and groups that make up the Hellenistic alliance that's gonna stand against the Persians. Okay. And because of the differences in their culture and because of the small landmass that they're all occupying, the Greek city-states, they fight constantly. All the time for yeah. resources, control, influence, all that stuff. OK, but them uniting together to stop the Persians was really an uncommon thing that hadn't really happened before. There's never really been a reason for them to all band together.
0: It's kind of like when the, uh, the aliens come in uh, Independence Day, you yeah. know, and all the, all the puts
1: their stuff aside. Yeah, mm-hmm. put shit
0: aside. Common enemy.
1: Randy Quaid mm-hmm. saving the whole, the whole human race. <laughs> the doctor, Do you know Man who Randy Quaid is?
0: <laughs> nope, not a goddamn clue. That's a shame. Cousin Eddie, man. Never have seen, C- you know, who never Eddie seen is? Independence Day. You no, ne- nah. Will Smith know is in it. I yeah. know that, right? Well, you've never Cousin, seen Independence Day. You, know, you understand is Will the- Smith in there or is that? Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, he's in both, he's right? In both. Yeah. okay. Do you understand the Cousin Eddie reference? I do not, I don't have a goddamn Christmas, Christmas. vacation. Cousin Eddie, Cousin Eddie, hey, is that the one with uh, Chevy Chase? Chevy Chase, yeah, okay. The, yeah. I've seen the film, so you know, Cousin Eddie, and I don't remember Cousin Eddie, so the guy with the RV. Parks R V outside.
1: Mm. Shitter's full. Shitter's full. He's putting his poop poop tube into the sewer. Yeah. Mm. No. Nothing. No, okay. he's working. Okay. It's well, not great. We'll get it's, we'll touch base on that it's later. It's fuzzy. <laughs> I've
0: seen the film, but it's fuzzy. Well, that's Randy Quaid. Dennis okay. Quaid's brother. Yeah. Ah, I know who Dennis Quaid is. He's in the rookie. <laughs>
1: That's the first movie that so I like, find. Are we talking
0: sport movies? You got, you got I, no, movies I, don't even, I just happened to. I've seen one scene from that movie where he throws the ball by the the speed checker on the highway. Absurd concept. It's an absurd concept. Yeah.
1: But we're off track here. Anyways, this is
0: this is really devolving. Probably gonna have to cut a lot of this out.
1: But the Greek alliance is made up particularly of Athens, Corinth, Thebes, Thespia, and Sparta and several, several other city-states, okay? But we're really going to be focusing on Sparta today, mainly because they're at the heart of this entire story, and they by they are by far the most badass, unique culture in the Greek city-states. Like, far and away, the most interesting one. So, we're going to talk about the early history of Sparta, their civilization, their political system, their culture, and kind of give you a quick rundown of what these people are all about, because you can't really fully understand the Battle of Thermopylae and what happens there if you don't understand why these people think the way that they do. So a lot of the early info about Sparta is actually really not known. It's murky because most of the facts at the time obviously weren't written down, and the early Spartans, they didn't have any written language. They were fully a oratory society where everything was passed down. Very similar to Rohan from the last episode. Hey there,
0: connections. Boom! Bing! 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 bing. That's
1: a, a callback. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and a lot of a lot of the information comes from uh, originally came from Herodotus, right? Which yeah. I didn't know. When every time I saw that on things, I thought that was like some book or something, but it's actually a person,
1: right? So Herodotus' is, so Herodotus' Histories is seen as one of the first Western civilization history books. And a lot of the stuff that he's writing about is 40 years after the fact. Gotcha. So, I mean, he's not writing it as these things are going on, but he's gotcha. close enough. That so,
0: he's he kind like, of going through, gathering the information. Yeah. He's like the world's first like, historian. Yeah. Right? Is, he like exactly. a, he, is he like a philosopher
1: or just a scribe? He's a, he's a author, I guess. I mean, yeah. he's an he's a Athenian, if I'm not mistaken. He's basically
0: just the first guy to take to, it on his shoulders to write this shit And, down. like,
1: this right? might be useful information someday. So, he's writing, like, about the about the Greco-Persian... Wars and that kind of stuff. And he's really covering a bunch of different shit from the time period. Okay. Yeah. But Sparta started out as just four separate villages that all decide to band together. And then they add one more. So it's five villages that decide to dominate this area that's known as Laconia. And if you don't know kind of what we're talking about, if you go back and look at Instagram or look at Twitter at Victorical, we have several maps and pictures popped up there. So make sure you get those pulled up and you're looking at them. While we're going through this stuff, so you know what we're talking about. But Laconia is an area of southern Greece that's on the Peloponnese Peninsula. So these these five villages are going to sh- form a shared civilization, and then they're going to embark on a series of devastating campaigns to fuck up all of their neighbors. Like they basically band their power together and say, well, "We're going to take over all of this, and we're going to make it ours." And they they decide to embark on this campaign before they even have like an idea of what their civilization's even about. There are five different villages that just go, let's just fucking kill everybody and take their shit. And yeah, we're ready to party. <laughs> mm-hmm. Eventually, they're going to solidify control of all of Laconia, and they're eventually going to dominate the entire Greek world. After the Peloponnesian War, Sparta's going to be top fucking dog. But that's a, that's for another time. So what's really interesting about Sparta, it has a wholly unique political structure because... Sparta is kind of a hybrid monarchy, oligarchy, and democracy. But basically, at the top of the pile are two kings. So you have two kings that rule at the same time over the entire kingdom. And 300 doesn't really go into that. It kind of just tries to portray Leonidas as being like the chosen one. He was kind
0: of like the warrior king, though, right? Yeah. The other one was... I don't know. I guess I don't know they, that much about uh, they the other king.
1: Share, it was dual role. They They mm-hmm. had the exact same powers, the exact same beliefs, but... They come from two separate families.
0: Oh, right, they're like we're supposed to come from Hercules, correct? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's the Achaeads and the Arapontids. So these two royal families each supply one, uh, one descendant who serves as one of the kings. So they're said to descend directly from the two sons of Heracles which Heracles is Hercules. Right. It's a yeah. Greek so, pronunciation of if it. If you don't know who Hercules is, what the fuck have you been all your yeah. life? Watch, watch, the Di- watch the
0: Disney film. Maybe. There you go. For right? sure. It's historically it's definitely,
1: accurate. It's, it's dead on.
0: Pinpoint accuracy.
1: <laughs> Danny DeVito's character in that may be the best Disney character of all time, mm-hmm. personally.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen that in so long. We should watch that. Frank. Who plays Who plays Hercules? I don't know. I, I, I don't, see, no I don't think it's a nobody. You think it's, it's not Dennis Quaid? Not Dennis it's Quaid. Okay. Maybe sure. Randy Quaid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Heracles or Hercules is supposed to be the mythological founder of sparta which oh, okay all right mm-hmm. <laughs> but these two kings share equal power and they have to agree on all matters of state for that decision to be made but the philosopher aristotle explained spartan politics basically the rule as a kind of unlimited and perpetual generalship because as time passes the kings are going to have more and more political power taken away from them but they rule and control the military entirely There's really nobody who can tell them what to do with the military. They do whatever they want.
0: But they split that power. One doesn't have any more than the other. So
1: usually one goes on campaign and one stays behind in Sparta. They never – both kings never leave because one person has to rule. Imagine
0: if it was that way in the United States and like the Democrats and the Republicans both got to pick a
1: president. And there's a dual presidency? Yeah. Whole chaos. (laughs) That sounds like it would work really, really well. Uh, Below them, you have the Geriosia, so that's a council of 28 elders that answer directly to the king, uh, made up of men over 60 that basically are elected for life. So you get elected to this general assembly and you serve until you're dead. And then below them are the Ephors, so this is a council of five elected officials who are basically voted on every year. You serve a one-year term and then you're forbidden to be re-elected, but they act as like the... Checks and balances system against the kings, and they are, they end up having more political power in the country than anybody else does. Yeah.
0: For some reason, they're depicted as old lepers. Yeah, they're in the movie Three Hundred. They're yeah. the guys on they, top of that mountaintop.
1: It makes it seem like they're like priests to the <laughs> yeah, to, yeah.
0: This, to the, the oracle, like to lick young girls. Yeah, and they in the movie they combine the the oracle at Delphi with the ephors, and in reality that wasn't the case. They, Delphi
1: was a totally different it was place, two separate way things. Away. Yeah, it's way away from
0: them. So they kind of. The movie 300, we've talked, we'll talk about this more, but they did a pretty decent job they representing seven, a yeah, lot of stuff. But there are some things that fictionalize the, the E4s. They yeah. kind of, the E4s weren't, uh, we'll get into it later, but we'll try to some... give
1: them credit when they actually nail something. Yeah, And then below them, there's a general assembly and all that stuff, but we're not really going to go into the politics, but we are going to talk a lot about their society because it's fucking fascinating. So they're broken down into three separate levels within the uh, social structure on the, on the top. You have the Spartiates, which are full citizens. And they are people who can trace their lineage directly back to the original founders of the city city state. One of the
0: five towns. One of the five
1: villages, yeah. So you have to be from that area and trace your lineage back to become a
0: full member. I'm curious. I know they they, we probably don't have an answer for this, but how do you how do you do that if they don't have a written language? They figure it (laughs) out. Like,
1: oh yeah, my dad. You yeah. know, they pull a knight's tail and they make up right. their, yeah. whole, their whole... <laughs> right. Exactly. The
0: sh- so they don't have a document, though, right? They don't have a written history. I think history, it's more like so-
1: all of this is happening. A lot of this is happening after they figure out the written language and they have records of everything. Oh, it' There's right.
0: like a secret code word that yeah. only those people <laughs> know. You've got to be able to speak the it's code like the word. Masons have a handshake to, <laughs> yeah. know, to know
1: that you're in the group. Below them in the hierarchy are the periosi. So these are people who live within Sparta or Spartan-controlled territory, but they are non-citizens. They don't gotcha. have full rights, but they serve mostly as the craftsmen and like middle management within Spartan society. Because Spartans, full citizens don't work. They don't do anything regarding making stuff or sowing crops or raising animals. They do nothing but fucking fight. That's it. That's all the men do within their society. So the Periosi serve as, most importantly, the tradesmen who take Gotcha. Spartan goods mm-hmm. and trade them with the other Greek so, city states. So, what are
0: the if you're a full Spartan man, what do you do? All, like, you can't fight all day long, so, so you, like, you go to training, and then
1: we'll get we'll get into it when we talk about the military. But once you get out of the military, you're army reserve until you're 60 years old. Hmm. So you serve basically 30 years in the army reserve, and you just kind of just kind of hang out, just make kids. Like pretty much your only your only jobs that you could have were like within. Like the general assembly, like you could be a politician Mm -hmm. or you could work within the government, but that's it. Other than that, you don't have jobs. Your job is killing people. Hmm. That's it. Below the Piriosi are the helots. And these people have possibly the worst existence in all of Greece because other Greek city states have slaves. A lot of them do. But most other Greek city states, their slaves are non-Greek people. The Spartans, they don't play that game. They enslave anybody they conquer and force them into subjugation. So basically they become like kind of like serfs, like land, like landed slaves. So mm-hmm. you are owned by the state and you do all of the manual labor. Your entire life is a life of servitude where you farm, you construct everything, you raise animals, and you do exactly what you're told. And you are owned by the state. Okay. By the time of the lead up to the battle of... Thermopylae, there are seven helots for every Spartan citizen. So they were constantly worried about the idea that the helots would rise up and overthrow Spartan society. So that's one of the main reasons they built this warrior culture in the first place, because they had to keep everybody on the bottom. Gotta keep your base. Mm -hmm. Okay? So due to fear of uprising, they formed coalitions with all their neighbors. So like, hey, if our our slaves raise up and try to overthrow us or attack us, will y'all jump on board and help us out? And everybody's like, yeah. Yeah, well, help. so that, that alliance is actually going to be the, the focal point for the entire Greek alliance that's going to fight against the Persians. So, some I wanted to bring up right here to keep the helots in line, they actually establish a secret police force within Sparta. It's called the Krypteia. So, the most promising and savage young men within their culture who are going through the state education system, the agogi, they are put into like groups of young men who roam the countryside at night. Armed with knives, and kill every single helot they come across, Jesus. just just to sow discord. Hmm. They are they do hits on helots that are even like breathing or talking about possibly rebelling, and they literally just go into people's houses that are helots and just fucking kill everybody, just just to just so like
0: keep the rumors going, yeah. like hey, these people fuck
1: you up. There's a there's a secret police that will come in and kill everyone if hmm. you even talk about Damn. rebellion. So it's pretty hardcore. Life in Sparta was not easy from the <laughs> jump. When you're born, and actually the movie does a really good job of giving you a really quick rundown through montage. Of course, yep.
0: it's an like, epic, epic montage. It is
1: pretty badass, yeah. and it's got a really great, uh, like a voiceover. Yeah, the
0: narrator yeah. is when a spot and charm Yeah, yeah farmer. Here you go.
1: Yeah, and it's I mean it's dead on. It's 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 exactly right. So when you're born, that child is inspected by a council of elders for any type of physical impurities at all. So if you're you got a withered arm. Or you got little legs, or it looks like your back's all twisted. If you're puny or malformed at all, that child is taken to Mount Tigitos outside the city and they throw you into a ravine.
0: No scoliosis in Sparta. Not once. No nope. like the Can't nipping it right in the butt, like the equivalent of like dumpster whacking
1: a kid. <laughs> yeah. Straight <laughs> yeah. state sponsored infanticide. Yeah. They Ooh, take you to rough. a they take you to a cliff and fling you off of it and say, How far can I throw this kid? <laughs> I thought think I'd get Part it? Part of
0: the Olympic Games. Yeah. I threw it past
1: that boulder last week. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can shot put it. It's actually where the shot put came from. Yeah. Spartans created it to take a baby skull and fling it. Get a little dark. And we <laughs> don't
0: condone the throwing of children. Yes.
1: No. So once you, uh, once you reach seven years of age, all Spartan boys are entered into the Agogi system. So you are taken from your family and you are entered into the state-sponsored education program, which the end result is we make bad motherfuckers that's mm-hmm. all we do they put you into a series of incredibly harsh just brutal training exercises with an emphasis being on survival it's not about like thriving or being a really good warrior it's literally you're just trying to not die and cope with the and harsh like, environment to get out on the in. other side yeah pretty much you're trying to survive because it's going to be so bad and so difficult kids are going to die constantly
0: mm. and that's okay right they're not like Worried about killing people. Oh, they don't are do just shit. like, hey, you survive or you don't. Yep. Man. It's,
1: you are either on board or you are going to be buried. So like if, if you
0: end up like the size of the mountain, you clear it easy, right?
1: You're done. Yeah. You, yeah. you
0: got this. But if this. you end up the size of a, you know, a smaller, more meek individual, you just, you're it's, toast.
1: It's going to be tough. Hmm. Because I mean, you're seven years old. I mean, at seven, I remember being seven. Uh, I was a little whiny bitch when I was seven years old <laughs> yeah. and you're going to throw me out in the middle of the wilderness with older people beating the shit out of me. I wouldn't have survived. I would have been donezo hmm. soft, soft as baby shit out here. Or maybe be super badass now. Who knows? Yeah. Or maybe yeah, maybe. Or maybe. you just figured out <laughs> <Yeah>. hmm. <laughs> the boys are grouped under an older man who's in charge of their punishment and discipline. They basically like put into like little like tribes of boys controlled by an older spouse. Uh, how soldier. many boys? It's. They said it was probably around like fifteen. Like a platoon, it was a platoon kind of boys. It it's like voice. the same size of like their small like living arrangements when they become soldiers. It's mm-hmm. the same amount of guys. So you become super tight with like your platoon of guys, mm-hmm. and y'all try to help each other survive. But you're constantly being pitted against each other, and physical fights and brutal, brutal, brutal testing. So you love the people that you're with, but you're also trying to beat the shit out right. of them. All the
0: yeah, time. it's a hard, hard relationship there.
1: So. The boys are issued one single cloak a year, one red cloak, and that's all the clothing you get. Figured it out.
0: Just walking out their wang out. I guess red cloak and just hanging well, on. Take
1: some of the cloak and just tie it around. <laughs> cut
0: keep, yourself a little. Keep, keep cloth. You, keep your dick
1: from just swinging, getting cut off by sword.
0: What do you suppose they wipe their ass with at this time period? A
1: little grass, just leaves,
0: grass. Got really? You think they
1: wipe it all. They have sponges, or, right? That's Rome. Never mind. That's the Romans. They have like sponges. They would use. We didn't.
0: We didn't do the research on ass wiping at we the time, did not. but. A lot of of poo this episode. (laughs) It's very (laughs) poo-themed.
1: The kids are given barely enough food to survive and encouraged to steal to supplement their diet. And if they're caught, they are severely beaten and punished. And they actually show that in 300. Like him against the post getting his fucking back raked open. And it's not for stealing, it's for getting caught. For not being clever enough to not get caught in the first Mm. place. So by the time you're 12, the training's ramped up even harder. And the only—the best part about this, the only people who don't have to take part in the Agogi system are the two heirs apparent to the two royal families. Those are the only kids who don't have to do this.
0: So Leonidas would not have had to take place.
1: He would have, because he, he wasn't the he yeah, was an heir when he was a kid. So was the other king? Would he have had to? A lot of the Spartan kings make their kids do it anyways. Okay. But not always, because you could fucking die. And you mm-hmm. don't—like, if, maybe if it's like, there's only one son— Maybe we don't make him do it. But if you have, like, several younger brothers or something, maybe it's, like, fucking it, Fiedis. Does with, he, like, kind of do actually, it,
0: but he gets, like, a little I, bit I of I an think easy... it's straight
1: in. Like, I don't know if it's possible where they're like, uh eh, we'll, we'll give you, like, the watered-down version. Yeah. You get a Gogi Light. <laughs> <laughs> the, but 12, it's ramped up even harder. And this is when they start putting even more brutal activities into it. So I put in here the cheese fight. This shit's fucking wild. At 12, they take all the boys... And this was like the first public like display of what they'd been going through. They'd have a temple where they'd bring the public in and you would watch. At the altar, they put big, huge pieces of cheese and wheels of cheese all over it. Mm-hmm. And the boys are told, go steal as much cheese as you can. But guarding the altar... Are older boys, around 16 to 18, armed with whips.
0: Ooh, it's like American <laughs> Gladiators. They had that game where you had to dunk the ball in the oh, cylinder. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: But they're on <laughs> with like whips, that. and they're told, this is your territory. You guard this at all costs. So boys were constantly killed and beaten to death while they were doing this. Damn, all for a piece fight. of cheese. For, for
0: some cheese. Mm-hmm. Got to get that cheese.
1: This is also the time, around 12, when you would begin your relationship with an older adult male Spartan, who would act as your surrogate father, and be responsible for your training, but also your training in the lovemaking.
0: A lot of butt play.
1: Yeah, the Spartans, uh, they practice state-sponsored pederasty, which is an erotic relationship between an older man and a younger, younger boy, like a teenage boy. Hmm. So they, you basically, you would form a bond with this older man who would act as your surrogate father and would teach you the ways of lovemaking.
0: What does that mean? But fucking. Oh.
1: Teach you how to butt fuck.
0: Is and making you suckish fans. <laughs> probably,
1: probably. I they would say
0: probably. I don't know why they didn't cover that in the movie. They, you know? yeah. huh. In they the movie they that. actually
1: make fun of the Athenians for being they a bunch didn't. of boy lovers, but they sponsored state mandated man love. There you go. And like maybe it's because man love leads to better troop cohesion. Maybe you care more about the dudes around you yeah. if y'all are fucking all the time. Maybe.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Possible. I don't know. Maybe there was a bunch (laughs) of creepy old dudes that liked fucking little boys, too. So they just wrote it right in. So they just wrote it in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: "Eh, Fucking illegal. All right. Put it right in there. (laughs) So at 18, you become a reserve in the Spartan Army. At 20, you become a full member. That's when you're a man at 20 years old. So at 20, you're appointed to one of the Sesteya. And the Sesteya are like like a gentleman's club, not like a strip club, (laughs) but like a... Like the Shriners, or like, yeah. like the Elks lodges, gotcha. And they were, they were mandated for all men to be a part of. So you had to be elected to one of these dinner clubs to mm. be a Spartan citizen. You had one year to apply to a club and be accepted. And it's only like 15 members in each club. So that is where you would sleep, you would eat all your meals with them, and that's like your unit within the Spartan military. Gotcha. So, but if you're not elected to one of the groups within the first year, you're out. You are not a citizen, and you're kicked out of the military. Damn. Because nobody likes you because you're a punk bitch. Yeah, so you don't want to be like the weird dude. Yeah. And this is really interesting. One of the main uh, dining options for men within the Spartan army was something that was known as the black soup. And the black soup was a mixture of boiled pig's legs, blood, salt, and vinegar. Ooh, tasty. Yeah, they put the vinegar in so it wouldn't coagulate, and they would drink this shit every day as a part of their diet to make them, I don't know, tough motherfuckers, I Hmm. guess. Um, So you serve an active duty from 20 to 30 years of age. And at 30, that's when you're allowed to marry and start your post-military life. But you remain in the military reserves until you're 60. What was really crazy was women within Spartan culture had it better than women in any other culture in Greece. Because Spartan women were the only ones who were able to own property and manage their own finances and household. Most other other Greek city-states, women weren't allowed to own shit. And they also engaged in partner swapping. Like, women had a lot of power because Spartan women are the only ones who can give birth to Spartan men. So if you were married to some old, decrepit fuck, your husband would allow you to fuck a young, the young bull so you'd have mm-hmm. the strongest kid because he wants the strongest son possible. He doesn't give a shit if it comes from him or not. It's
0: like, I want the strongest son even though it has no connection to me. But
1: he's got my name. Yeah. That's, that's my boy right Interesting. there. Interesting. Doesn't he look like that dude who's 15 years <laughs> yeah. younger? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's around. But when you died... They didn't really care about you either. They're a hardcore society. The only way for you to get a tombstone and have your name inscribed after your death is if you died in battle or you died in childbirth. Those were the only two ways. Other than that, they just threw you in the ground. Threw yep. you out with the trash. Hmm. And yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the breakdown of Spartan civilization. They were hardcore. The very, whole, the very whole,
0: wild compared to what yeah, we know today.
1: The whole culture was about making the toughest, most gnarly fucking people possible because our whole culture... The whole civilization is built on war as the foundation.
0: Number one export.
1: Yeah. So now that we've talked a little bit about Spartan culture, we're really going to lay the groundwork for our story and our battle in particular. And all this stuff is actually going to be laid during the rule of Darius I, who leads Persia to become the huge, massive, powerful empire that it is. But during events, during his rule is going to cause the Battle of Thermopylae to take place. And it all comes back to something that's known as the Ionian Revolt, which happens between 499 and 493 BCE. So about about 20 years to, to 15 years before our events. Gotcha. So, like, by this point, Persians, they control, the, they control the known world, effectively. They control the vast majority of it. And several Greek cities that are in Asia Minor, in Anatolia, which is like modern-day Western Turkey on the Aegean Sea, they've been taken over by the Persian Empire. So, like, these Greek states who have a lot in common with, like, Sparta and Athens and all these other places, they're not controlled by the Persians. And they don't really like it. Turns out. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So, in 499, they decide to revolt against Persian rule and start a, start a rebellion to try and throw off their Persian overlords and the shitty ty- tyrants that they've been left with. And Athens and Eritrea, two of the most, most powerful city-states, they support this revolt they send troops and supplies and say, yeah, fuck those Persians. Take them on. <laughs> and Darius, not, not super keen on it. That he crushes the revolt in Ionia, and then he vows that he's going to make the fucking Greeks pay for even thinking about fucking with his stuff. So he's going to basically mount this huge, massive invasion to try and invade the Greek city-states and make everybody pay. Okay? So this is where we start the Greco-Persian Wars. And our battle today, Thermopylae is gonna be a major part of the second part of it. So this revolt leads to the Persians invading Greece in four ninety-two, and Darius sends ambassadors across Greece to all the major city states and says, Pay homage. Which um, is depicted in three hundred. Yeah, it is. It so it's I mean, it's basically the same thing that yeah. happens in three hundred, is just what really happens early. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He basically sends out and says, Either you submit or you're gonna get it. Okay. <laughs> The only two city states who don't submit are Athens and Sparta. They say, uh, no, nah. no, nah, we're not doing that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Athens and Sparta actually execute the ambassadors, which is portrayed in 300. The whole, this is Sparta with the Spartan kick in the chest and the, mm. the hole in the ground that's like 40 feet wide. The endless pit <laughs> of <laughs> doom. Which, which I think. Is a well, right? I, you've
0: got to imagine, like,
1: right? I rewatched the movie the other day, and there's like a bucket and rope next to that hole. Yeah, just but it's the, not bu- very big the bucket, bucket. bucket looks yeah. like a fucking thimble, and there's like maybe 15 feet of rope there.
0: He does mention the, that when he's like earth and water, he's like you'll find plenty of that down there. So there's got to be it's got to be a
1: well. Right. Man, this water
0: tastes a lot like Persian
1: today. Yeah, what is that? It's got pieces of beard in it. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. Uh, the The Persians they invade Greece. The first place they go is Eritrea, one of the two people that supported the Ion- Ionian Revolt. Uh, yeah, their city's removed. It's raced. It's smoot. Yeah. They kill everybody, they enslave everybody, and they burn it to the ground. Hmm. Um, let's see. They then move against Athens, and they land on a small plain just off the Bay of Marathon with plans to march on Athens and take the city. So in September of 490 BCE, you have the Battle of Marathon take place, which most people are familiar with. But a vastly outnumbered Athenian army is able to just destroy the Persians. To take them on, go toe-to-toe, and fuck them up real good. Persians are forced to flee to their ships, and the army of Athenians marches back to the city because the Persians try to do a runaround to get to Athens. Classic move. So Cold when they classic. come they come around <laughs> on Athens, the army's waiting on them again, and Darius goes, eh, let's right. go home. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're done. Turns
0: out this one didn't turn out the way we wanted.
1: So, his plan is to raise an even bigger army and come back and really fuck him up. But then he dies.
0: Tough break for Darius. Died on the shitter. (laughs) (laughs) Crossbow. Crossbow on the shitter.
1: (laughs) Uh, Revolt breaks out in Egypt in 486 BCE, and that basically postpones indefinitely any invasion of Greece. And then Darius dies. Mm -hmm. So, womp womp. So, power passes to his son Xerxes. Xerxes the First or Xerxes the Great, who uh, doesn't play around. Like yep. in the movies, he's portrayed as like a seven foot hermaphrodite <laughs> with a shaved head. Yeah, I get right. I'm I'm not trying to be mean. Like it's yeah, really like of. he's it's an supposed odd, to be androgynous, of, right? Yeah, you know, he's an odd he's got character.
0: Extraordinarily deep voice, like like absurdly yeah, deep, like obviously modified like, deep, like Barry White. Oh mm-hmm. yeah,
1: <laughs> come on, Leonidas, you know you want to get on board with this. <laughs> They take a lot like, of odd
0: uh, liberties. On, they make a lot of like, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about like the like, immortals like, later. Yeah, and there's cool like, changes. That, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a weird moment things. where there's like a goat playing a saxophone in the camp. <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah. just like, what? It's a human goat. Maybe <laughs> they just try to play on like some of the well, the
1: orgies going on. There's yeah, just a what, goat man. A,
0: sort of an orgy going on, but it's kind of a half orgy. It's like yeah. a like, soft core orgy. You like they're it's supposed odd. to be attractive, but they're kind of nasty looking. Yeah, exactly. Can you find some better looking orgy girls? I think it's supposed to
1: be like. Zer- it's supposed to be Xerxes like harem of like interesting creatures basically oh, yeah, that's so right. I take people like when I find a weird like kid with no legs in my I yeah. bring him into my harem and make him one of my weird men one of my
0: favorite things to do just go look Fre- at the weirdos freak show yeah. it's a freak show, yeah. so that's freak what show it is. Yeah. it's his
1: personal freak show yeah. with his world's goat, the first flas- freak show oh. <laughs> yeah so weird <laughs> I think it was a flute not a uh,
0: saxophone <laughs> whatever it is <laughs> whatever it was <laughs> 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 he's
1: playing careless whispers <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Xerxes crushes the Egyptian revolt, just bombs him, Mm. takes him out. And then he he has to solidify control at home because King Darius had several sons, like a bunch of them. But Xerxes seizes control, ices out people that want to try to stop him, solidifies control, and he quickly begins preparations to take over his father's final wish, and that is to make the Greeks pay.
0: Yep. He's trying to get, uh, trying to make up for his father's. Father's death and get revenge.
1: Just it's a, it's a classic tale of a father not showing his son enough love. So this yep. is I'll make you proud, Papa. Yep. from the grave. You'll see me and you'll know that <laughs> yeah. I did this for you.
0: So that'll take us to uh four eighty-two BC. And it's been eight years since the Battle of Marathon. And in that time the Greeks have been preparing for another conflict with the Persians. They knew they, they assume, were coming back. Yeah, they know. They're not gonna just take that loss lightly. They're gonna be coming back looking for more. Um so uh, Themistocles was a um Athenian po- politician in general and he's been pushing for the building of a large uh naval army of all right Pete, help me with the pronunciation triremes is. triremes which are like ancient warships mm-hmm. uh they've got like the the three banks of paddles mm-hmm. or
1: they got the calm. big scooped front with the yeah. with the the ram on yeah. the front of it. Like a, it Kind of looks like a nose, like a big sloopy yep. nose, mm-hmm. big old sloopy nose. It <laughs> looks
0: like it looks like in a knight's Tale, like the fist on the guy's lance, yeah. when it breaks It mm-hmm. has like a spike on the end of it. Yeah. If you like magnify that out to the front of a wooden warship, kind
1: of that's what you would ease get. Ease it on down yeah. to. If you
0: see Troy, that's what they're they're, yeah. Yeah. they're traveling triremes. around mm-hmm. in. Triremes
1: or three hundred rise of an empire, which. I have not seen it. Yeah. I, like, I watched the first 20 minutes of it and went, This movie's fucking terrible. They're trying to, they,
0: they made a second 300 comic book called Xerxes, but I never really? read that. So no, I didn't read that either. That one out. Well, anyway, Themistocles has been pushing for the, the building of this larger navy. Um, and while they have this, uh, they did achieve that goal and made a, a massive naval uh, force, but they lacked the manpower to fight on land and, and sea at the same time. So uh, to combat this upcoming Persian in, uh, attack, they create an alliance of Greek city states. So as we mentioned earlier, this is super rare because normally all these different city states are fighting. So to get them to form an alliance to fight the oncoming Persians was was a rare thing. I
1: mean I think it's you know, the idea that you might be completely wiped out leads mm-hmm. people to really All right, maybe you're not that bad.
0: Yeah. get that common enemy. Is it
1: like is it a racial thing too? I mean it's gotta be, right? Like Probably. You're Greek, I'm Greek, fuck that guy. Yeah, right.
0: Like the Dr. Manhattan thing, right? Yeah. You blame it on somebody that yeah, and you all band together. Mm-hmm. So in four eighty one BC, Xerxes, like his like his papa, sent uh ambassadors <laughs> to Greece demanding a tribute of earth and water. Which, which is
1: f- weird because if you were one of those ambassadors and you heard about what happened to the last guys, Yeah, guy yeah, had yeah to you go, start
0: to ask questions, right? Like,
1: hold on. Hey, did Hank ever return from <laughs> yeah. this trip? No? <laughs> no? Okay. All right. Maybe I
0: don't want this gig. So again, they specifically omitted Athens and Sparta. Um because they knew that they probably wouldn't get a response. So I guess in the movie oh, they, okay. they do have it showing that they, they come there, but mm-hmm. in reality they didn't go to Sparta to ask for earth and water.
1: They didn't want those guys to get killed again. <laughs> yeah, they learned their lesson. Shame me fool me once, shame on you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so in four eighty BC, the Congress of Greek city states meets and they decide that Greeks should put their their bulk of their force in the Vale of Tempe and block the Persian advance. That's where they think they're gonna be coming from. Mm-hmm. So they send ten thousand hoplites, which is uh Greek foot soldiers, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but this is Greek, Greek
1: heavy infantry.
0: Yeah, so they send ten thousand hoplites to the the Vale of Tempe, and uh, they plan to stop the Persians there. Uh, as they're on the way, on their way there, they learn that the Vale could be bypassed by another pass, and that Xerxes' army is is quite massive. It's pretty big. Yeah, big army. So at that, the Greeks retreat, and uh, they start thinking about their next next maneuver to try to cut off the invading persians at this time xerxes troops crossed the hellespont which is uh, a water passage between the aegean sea and the sea of marmara basically
1: uh, allows you to get from asia onto the greek like peninsula. The, into yeah onto the greek peninsula but cuz his dad had to do it by boat like he had to take this huge fleet of ships and invade with all you know with all these troops and it's a lot harder to get a huge fleet somewhere than just just pop across. But right. the and fact that they did this is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And to do so, to do it, to not have to do the boats, they built this huge, uh, pontoon bridges, um, that were essentially just built like a boat, like boats next to each other mm-hmm. that they connected with, with a bridge. And it was about 4,409 feet. They built a
1: road on top of them.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So they anchored the boats, like basically in like a zigzag pattern. And if you look at Instagram and Twitter, we have a That's picture right. of what it probably looked like. Yeah. And then laid down planks and laid down dirt and made a road and then put up a bunch of screens so like when they took the horses and animals across it, they didn't know that they were over water so they wouldn't freak out. So they basically good... built this big screen shield so they couldn't see Pretty where they incredible were at. given the technology
0: they had at the oh,
1: time. 100% man. It's crazy. Yeah, a
0: lot of foresight to think about like the animals and stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess probably the for- first horse like freaked out and they like I oh, wish probably do something about this, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh so after they figured out how they were going to cross the Hellespont now they're in Greece, like they're they're on to the mainland. Um, so Themistocles and the Greek alliance decide on a second plan, and that they will be blocking off Xerxes' troops at the narrow pass of Th- Thermopylae. So this is a very easily defendable and uh, blockable spot for the Greeks to use their to use the geography of the location to uh, help with the defense. At this point, they know, like they've seen, like. They got a pretty good idea that they're, they don't have any other options. Right. Yeah. From but where they came in, that's the, the only way they can so get So
1: Xerxes, they cross the Hellespont and they invade Thrace, which is like the northeastern part of Greek, Greece mm-hmm. of Greek, <laughs> northeastern part of Greek. They invade Thrace and they just fucking. It's an ass blasting. Them. Yeah, they yeah. ice them. It's done. Mm-hmm. And from there they go. Oh, so some people escaped and they're telling us that the army pretty big, pretty big army. Mm-hmm. So, because of terrain, there's only so many ways they can get into like Greek proper to all these different city states. And Thermopylae is one of the easiest places for the, him to get his troops down to Athens quickly.
0: Yep. So, before we get into um, the battle specifically, we're going to give you a breakdown of like what the pass of Thermopylae was actually like. Uh, so, to start with, it actually means the hot gates. And, literally. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. literally. Literally. literally it's the true. translation. And, and that's because there's some hot sulfur springs That are in that area so. Sounds
1: kind of nice You wonder if they like yeah. pop there Had some time to like Pop into a hot spring real You gotta quick, to imagine a, little a sulfur
0: springs probably smells like ass <laughs> Right?
1: Fair That's yeah. valid that's Sulfur fair. does not smell good yeah.
0: So the pass was uh, About 100 meters wide And On one side were these uh, Sloping hills And on the other side was the
1: uh, Gulf. Malik Gulf? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I'm yeah, that's go. how we're pronouncing Malik it. a large, f- large body Maybe of Maybe it's the Gulf of Malice, because oh. they bring some malice to the palace. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> 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 so, it's 100 meters wide, so it's not super wide to begin with, but to make it more narrow, uh, the... How do you pronounce it now, Petey? Phocian. The Phocians who... It's like worked. an ancient
1: culture who's from that region, and yeah. their descendants are going to fight with the, the Greek alliance at Thermopylae, but the ancient Phocians built the
0: the Focean wall.
1: Yeah.
0: And they built this wall to um, make the pass even more narrow and uh, it kind of ran if you look at look at social media you'll see the there's a diagram of yeah, it. It runs sort of like Almost parallel to the coast mm-hmm. to like, but at a small, maybe like a what, 20, 30 degree angle. Yeah. yeah. Like slightly narrows like the pass so that you have to come through a small area. Mm-hmm. They also channeled the streams from the hot springs. So that helped to make the ground like.
1: They flood it. Yeah, they basically flood
0: Turn into a big marsh. So like the, the terrain is hard to, to pass already because there's like natural rocks and streams. So the ground's slippery. It's hard to bring cavalry through that area. The steep slopes on the south part, which make it really they can't troops can't go up those slopes mm-hmm. and on the on the north side is the the water so there's only one way they can go they build this phocian wall that channels them into the most narrow part of the pass which well, the is about numbers won't count for shit that's mm-hmm. right i had to put it in there, <laughs> and what we say it was like 15 meters wide the the actual pass there do you think uh, do you think the parody you think the parody 300 film is better than 300
1: rise like of rise of empire I laughed several times at that movie. It was was, fucking terrible. What was that called? Like Superhero movie? Meet the Spartans. Meet the the Spartans. That's (laughs) right. (laughs) I kind of forgot about that. We watched that several times in college. Yeah, it was fucking terrible. Remember that like,
0: initial viral YouTube video where Uh, the guy was like, you know, they put like all kinds of weird soundovers. Yeah, the PG 300, the PG PG trailer, which is great. If
1: you've never seen that, you do yourself a favor and go to YouTube and put in PG 300 trailer. Yeah. This is Cake Town. Brush your teeth. (laughs) Worth a watch. Yeah, worth a watch.
0: We will Probably hug. didn't age well to be honest. We will hug I don't know. not bad. I watched it several times last week. <laughs> Pretty entertaining still. <laughs> we will hug in the shade. <laughs> so there's three gates that are at this area. The, there's the west gate, the middle gate, and the east gate.
1: And, and they're not actual gates. Right. It's just re, like different like terrain changes on like on the pass, basically.
0: The Spartans and the, the Greeks alliance will make their stand at the middle gate, and that's where the Fecian Fecian? Phocian. Phocian. I'll never get that. The Focian wall—that's where the Focian wall is located at. But check out that map on social media; it's pretty, pretty helpful. The red line is the Focian wall. Um, also, the terrain's very rugged, which is something that the Persians weren't accustomed to. Um, this is caused by like months of torrential downpour and then super
1: intense heat. So those motherfuckers are used to fighting in sand. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a lot of changes here. It's a little different from Iran to Greece. Yeah. So
0: another reason they p- picked this place: a, I mean, it was where they. They had to make their stand, but it, the location um, was offered the best possible defense for the Greeks. So to use their numbers as effectively as possible, they post up at right at that Phocian wall. And the Greek style of battle, which we'll get into here in a minute, uh, utilized the phalanx. And they could basically just block off the entry and the invading Persians just bounced off them. Yeah, like there's they, nowhere to go. Yep. Bas- yeah, and we're going to get into the like mm-hmm. the gear. But the the Persians are are not prepared to fight shield to shield. No, so the
1: shields used by both
0: sides, yeah, not same. Light, or night and day difference. It's a little, yeah, it's yeah. a
1: little bit different.
0: Another important thing about this is that this place worked really well for the Greeks because all they had to do was play defense. They just had to block that small hole, and the Persians had to just keep trying to break through. And the Persian army was huge, so if they couldn't break through immediately. They had to keep this massive force fed, so exactly it becomes yeah. like a stalling game. Yeah, it's just a right? game like, for yeah. them. Right? We just got to outlast you. If We got to last you to make until you guys run out of food. It's the uh, it's the it's almost the Stalingrad tactic. Yeah, yeah like it really just is. retreat and just you know Middle bend don't up. break. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the the ships that would have been bringing uh, supplies for the Persians were being blockaded at Artemisium, which was also going on at this time. Uh, as where the Athenian, we'll, we'll get into this later as well, but. There are several factors there that were helping, mm-hmm. helping the Greeks with this position. This was also used during World War II. The British forces used the same position uh, as a defensive position against the Nazis, which I thought was interesting.
1: That's not—oh, no shit. I did not know that. That's news to me. All
0: right, so as I mentioned earlier, in addition to a land force blocking the pass, the, the Athenian navy uh, and its allies could block the Straits of Artemisium, which was, which was nearby. So this was blocking any oncoming Persian supplies, any of their naval ships— uh, and also a lot of the Persian naval ships had been destroyed in a big storm That were as they were trying to... Which is
1: portrayed in the movie. Right. Like yeah, they thought that. That it was yeah. over. Like, what if the movie just ended right there? Yeah. And then the Persians all died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got lucky. Uh, <laughs> Only one who's not is just Leonidas sitting there with the shield up just in the ranges. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so the news of the Persian approach came during August. Uh, this was during the Spartan Festival of Carnea, which they mention in the movie as well.
1: It's like a, I mean, it's just a religious festival. Basically. It's like a harvest yeah. festival, right? Yeah. yeah. And at the same time, fuck, what else is going on at the same time? Is that? Oh, the Olympic, the Olympic games. games. Yeah, yeah that's John. right.
0: So it was sac- considered sacrilegious for the entire Spartan army to march to war. Seems kind of silly now, like to look back and be like, yeah. why didn't they just be like, okay, uh it's no, like no, fucking no. festival where like we Certain can all die. death, right? Yeah, like you're gonna, everybody's gonna die and be enslaved, or we can like whole Postpone to to this these thing. religious. It's do you just, think there's any? You think there's any validity? Because in the film, it's depicted as, but I never read anything about this. Like the the elders, the ephorus, eph- ephorus, ephors. ephors, were like bribed by the Persians. Yeah,
1: I don't think I don't, I don't I think it that. Was it. I think it's literally like because of how strict and by the book their culture is. Mm-hmm. I think it was like, but well, we don't do it. We don't fight in Carnia. We don't fight doing this. The yeah. Olympic Games are going on. I paid good money for my seats. <laughs> I'm not going to miss this shit. <laughs> I got box seats. It's like the council behind the Olympic Games is like, what are we going to do?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, because of this, they couldn't send their entire Spartan army. So, Leonidas took 300 men of the royal bodyguard called the Hippias. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Hippaeus? Yeah, I think so. So uh, And they the, were
1: all dudes who had sons to carry on their lineage after them. Yeah. So, they only took.
0: Yeah, because they essentially knew that they were probably oh, going to go to their dad. Yeah, this
1: is it. We're done, Zoe.
0: So the plan was for these 300 Spartans to gather more Greek soldiers on their way. So, because Sparta's kind of in the southern part of Greece. Mm-hmm. So they had to yeah, march yeah. all the way to the northern part of Greece, essentially. And the on northeast. the way, they're kind of just going to snowball and pick up more troops as they're going.
1: But in the movie, they portray it as like him, like breaking the rules and like the people are at the gates. Like, you can't, you can't do this. Oh, I'm just, I'm just going for a walk. Yeah. I'm just going for a walk. No big deal. I don't, I just, I guess I don't understand why they did that. I think it'd be more... Like on point to just be honest, be like, we have to do something. Yeah. So I'm going to take, you take those 300, check, got it. We'll send everybody else behind you eventually.
0: After the games are
1: over. Yeah. We got to get the shot butt done, man. We got babies heads back <laughs> here. that got to be
0: thrown. <laughs> they're rotting. We got to use these. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to hold till next season. <laughs> so legend also claims that Spartans also consulted the Oracle of Delphi, which was portrayed in the movie as well. Um, and Very pro- strangely, yeah. by the way. It's like a young My- redheaded woman
1: who's like getting hit with like crack crack fumes or something yeah, yeah. like jerking her all over the place <laughs>
0: yeah yeah that's I'd scene i mean as a as a middle school what is that high supposed to be good. that
1: she's like inhaling that's making her like have visions and shit ass <laughs> ass she's
0: she's literally floating yeah she's like a some kind of demonic ritual that's got her up in the air and then they're licking her and it's yeah weird. i can't imagine it's, it's, she's it's got so a lot weird. of a good uh, existence to, yeah, up there she looked
1: like she didn't like her no. nah. life
0: she gets licked by the lepers i mean mhm uh-huh. Imagine she'd have a lot of leper spots too. Yeah, you gotta, On certain
1: spots. You know what I'm saying? She's got
0: to go to counseling to come back from that. <laughs> yeah. <I think. laughs> like, you don't repair that yourself. So, as the Spartans were en route to Thermopylae, they were reinforcing <laughs> troops from other cities. And they're, by the time they reached the pass, their numbers were around 7,000.
1: Which so, is. Not portrayed at all. Like no, they no. really try to sell that it was 300 guys. Oh, and then there's some Arcadians that come along as well. Right. Bullshit. Mm. 300
0: and 6,700 other people <laughs> were there. Yeah. And, but 7,000 still is that many when you're comparing it to the Persian army, which uh, Herodotus estimated to be over 2 million, but modern estimates are closer to like okay. 70,000 to 300,000. That sounds like a classic
1: church up. Yeah. yeah. That's something that I would do, though. He's writing what? after the fact, two million <laughs> mm-hmm. Persians. And nobody's going to be like, well, that's not true. How do you know? You don't yeah. know. How,
0: how do classic historians, like how do modern day historians yeah, how change they that? Is exactly that like the population, population was only the th- size th- at that, that time? That, I think so it's like, that
1: plus trying to factor in how big, because especially with like the naval forces, they have a better grasp of like how many ships there are. And that ship can only hold X so amount of people. people yeah. That kind of thing. Gotcha. But I, honestly I think it's really just guesswork more than anything else. Because they know there's no way he brought two million troops here, but an army of two hundred thousand? Very plausible. Because a Persian Persian Empire's fucking huge. Yeah.
0: They know the I mean the approximate population of like the of the various. The, yeah, various yeah. yeah. So at the uh, when the Congress had met in Corinth. They elected Leonidas, who was the king of Sparta, one of the two kings of Sparta, to be the leader of this defense. Essentially, yep. so he's leading his three hundred Spartans along with the other sixty seven hundred. Think they troops. make that call because they like, you know, like you know, it was an easy thing. Like, yeah, this guy's got it. Yeah, well, yeah, let's I mean, let I, him I, do his thing. I mean,
1: they're the, they're the best ground forces in all of Greece. So Leonidas is put in charge of all like mm-hmm. ground operations for the entire alliance. And then he leads the the first assault against them at Thermopylae. Right.
0: So they get to Thermopylae and they make their defense at the middle gate. So that's where right where that Phocian wall is, and that will be their main defensive position. <laughs> um, as they get there, they learn that there is a secret mountain pass or a goat path. Hidden uh, goat path. Hidden goat, Hidden goat path. path yeah. Tip classic. And that this can go this goes through the mountains and can essentially outflank uh, the defensive position on the pass. So, the great, great thing about that spot is that no, that there's only one way through. So now that there's this secret pass, it's kind of a huge hole in the Ugh. plan. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So, yikes. To combat this, Leonidas places a thousand Phocian troops uh, up on that pass, just
1: guarding it. Yeah,
0: yeah. kind of mm-hmm. keep a. They're going to shit the bed hard. <laughs> yeah. No Spartans are put with them. They don't have a real uh, skilled commander. Yeah.
1: So, like, across the entire alliance, the Spartans are basically, because they're the best military forces that they have, they're put in, like, leadership positions to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, like, the 300 Spartans that are at Thermopylae, they they fight as a unit, but they are supposed to be effectively controlling all military decisions that are made. And it's all coming down from Leonidas to his officers, to his men, and then they're in charge of everybody else. But they choose not to put any Spartans with the three, with the Phocians because they all fight together. Like... I'm not going to sit in one guy to watch you. Right. y'all guard this path. Don't let them come this way. Sounds
0: like they like took the varsity and put them on the front lines. And then they put the junior varsity down there and then the freshman and then the seventh grade B team <laughs> guarded the pass. <laughs> I, I don't think they thought They're the like, pass ooh, was really going to, no. I don't think they thought they Anything were going to find it. It'll be fine. We'll just put these guys here. We did something.
1: You guys are, you, you're you doing, you're doing it. Yeah. Good Good job, guys. You're you guys got to yeah. watch the car.
0: Yeah. to stay here.
1: Watch the car. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, uh, in mid-August, the Persian forces were spotted across the Malayan Gulf, so they could see them in the distance, kind of like as it's it's curving. Uh, they could see the troops coming along the on along the Gulf. There. I mean, it
1: has to kick up a hell of a fucking dust yeah. storm as they're oh, coming yeah. that way.
0: Th- 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 hundreds of thousands of soldiers, a huge, mass. You army. see it in the movie. It shakes the ground. I think yeah. it's an earthquake. Yeah. And that actually happened, for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like like the fucking T Rex coming yeah, for them. Exactly. You're sitting yeah. there drinking gourds of water, and they start shaking. <laughs> what is that? Earthquake.
0: Earthquake. Total mm-hmm. earthquake.
1: Battle formations.
0: <laughs> so they hold another council, and uh, they decide that they're going to make their stand here. They they stick with this plan. And at this council, someone mentions that the arrows of the bar uh, the quote of because of the arrows of the barbarians, it is impossible to see the sun. Uh, the Greeks respond. And I'm, it doesn't. I don't know if they're one hundred percent sure who responded. It's either Leonidas or
1: Dionykes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Dionykes. Dionykes. I think it was Terry, the janitor, who's standing in this corner, <laughs> yeah. like sweeping the floor. From what
0: a lot of people say that the Spartans had like sort of a sick, demented sense of humor about. Yeah. Like that's how they quelled fear in themselves, is they yeah. would like make jokes about. Mm-hmm. So it was like kind of a ready, like for a cheeky death. joke. Like, yeah, we're gonna downplay the fact that we're all likely gonna die. And they say one, either Leonidas or Dionysus says, "Want to be nice, and then, then we should, if we shall have shade in which to fight them." Mm-hmm. So, and that you can see that in the movie as well. They have. Uh... Michael Fossbender's character, Stelios, says that. I don't yeah, know why but they didn't, I didn't put know him until in. the most recent watch of that film was, it is Michael yeah. was Magneto. It's, I think yeah. it
1: was one of his early, early, it early was, yeah. roles. Mm-hmm. See, that was
0: the problem is Magneto. They, they were wearing all that wicker basket shit, had no yeah. metal to control. He
1: should have stopped all the arrows and flung them back at them.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that would have been pretty
1: cool. Unless they were made of like bark or whatever the fuck <laughs> they used because they used bullshit in the Persian yeah, army. Yeah,
0: the, when they pull, when they like draw their bows at the end, they all have like very ornate Like arrowheads, so imagine how much time it takes to do (laughs) that. Yeah, Yeah. Uh,
1: (laughs) who's cutting scorpion arrowheads? (laughs) Let's let's pump the brakes. Uh, uh,
0: So as the Persians get close, uh, Xerxes sends a Persian emissary to negotiate with Leonidas. Uh, Essentially, they offer the Greeks freedom and the title of friend of Persian, the friends of Persians, uh, and the opportunity to resettle on better lands than what they already possess. So, For, for I mean. Sounds like a pretty good deal. Yeah.
1: Xerxes doesn't sound like that bad a guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. How many times has he gone, hey, listen, let's just fucking be cool here. Yeah.
0: So what happened to his whole revenge plot? Like, that doesn't seem like the words of somebody who's seeking revenge against somebody. I mean, to be maybe like, he was just going to motherfuck him. Who knows? Yeah. But-
1: I think it's more of like, because per- like all right, Persia gets a really bad rap in the movie and they get a bad rap in history. They built one of the most effective governing structures anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And the reason it all worked is because they didn't make the people they conquered conform to Persian lifestyle. It hmm. literally allowed you to keep living however you wanted to. You can worship whoever you want. And you can do your thing, but you'll just supply men and tribute to the Persian Empire.
0: Is that similar to, like, how Rome operated?
1: Um, it's, yeah, eventually. And they get it from the Persians. Like... Uh, Alexander the Great's going to steal their political system, and he's mm-hmm. going to use it. So basically, you put trusted advisors in charge of each area you take over. They called them satraps. So it's basically like a province. Then you put a trusted advisor in charge of that, and you let the people continue to effectively live their life the same way. Mm-hmm. So he, the dude's smart, and he's probably going, man, I want to lose all my fucking people. I don't want nah. this war. Just fucking bend the knee. Just bend, bend the, the knee, knee,
0: I'll make daddy proud, and we're out of here. We're done. We're, we're all good. good. Well, Leonidas does not go for that. He refuses. Uh, the emissary asks for the Greeks to hand over your arms, and Leonidas responds, Come and take them, which you can see in the movie.
1: Which is like they're in the middle of the battle, mm-hmm. and he like somehow yells yeah. it over everything that's going on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it, he doesn't actually have that conversation with emissaries, does he?
1: He doesn't talk to any of the emissaries. Only no, his, Michael only Fassbender
0: is the one who like. Yeah. Michael
1: Fassbender yeah. air Jordans it off of that yeah. fucking rock. God
0: yeah. damn. What a, what a leap.
1: Sails 30, 40 feet through the air.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, all right, rewatching the movie. That dude's whip hand is coming forward, and he's still like twenty feet away. Mm-hmm. He should have whipped him in the face.
0: Yeah, I don't. There, buy it's it. a very similar situation to the ladder at Helms Deep. Yeah, <laughs> where it's like bending forward, and then he shoots it, and somehow it's now back forty five degrees. Yeah. If you yeah. watch really closely for these things, you could definitely yeah. find some plot holes. So the emissary returns empty handed. The battle is now set. I, honestly, I think Xerxes was kind of like, we might take some heavy losses here too. Like it could could be challenging to break through this yeah, small this, like, place. This so doesn't so look good for us. Maybe we just buy yeah. our way in. And save the My battle. guys have wicker shields. <laughs> they don't. They've got better shields. Yeah.
1: I mean, he's got this whole campaign that he has to embark on past this first battle. Right. Yeah. He's trying I've to got get got to try it. to subjugate all these different city states that aren't on board. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to fight more battles. I can't afford time or yeah. manpower. Maybe that's it too. The to time. get bogged down in this shit. Yeah. So let's just fucking get it over. Come on. With.
0: Here's take these lands. Take but these he, titles. He
1: still spends a four more days there waiting. Yeah, I hoping. think
0: he, so. He delays for four more days, and I think it's just yeah, waiting for them to maybe come to their senses. But
1: come on, come on, come on.
0: That's gonna lead us into the battle, and Petey's gonna break down the Spartans for
1: us. So before we get into the events of the battle, I know we we keep saying that, but I think I think it's really important to kind of break down what exactly the Greek soldiers are gonna be utilizing at the Battle of Thermopylae in terms of their basic kit of weapons and armor, and that's. This is going to be the deciding factor for the Greeks at Thermopylae and the Greeks in this larger Greco-Persian wars is they are better equipped than the Persians are.
0: By orders of magnitude. Yes, correct. It's not close.
1: And this, uh, we're going to talk about what the Spartans would utilize. But honestly, it was pretty much for par across all Greek like hoplite forces that they would be outfitted fairly similarly. And the main and most important weapon to the hoplites was the dory. Yeah, I know. It's not not that most intimidating a name for a weapon.
0: Yeah, not like the fish played by Ellen DeGeneres. It is a <laughs> They weapon. don't have
1: Ellen DeGeneres under mm, their arms? No, throwing no. at people.
0: <laughs> they slap them with a fish. You stab them and they start dancing. <laughs> <laughs> just keep dying. Just keep dying.
1: <laughs> so, so the Dory was a seven to nine foot Ash or Cornell Wood spear. And, like, I'd never heard of Cornell Wood before, but it was uh, evidently something that was indigenous to the Greek, uh, the Greek Isles. And it was, like, super, super dense and heavy. So much so I saw one, uh, one, one book, a book I was reading said it was so dense that it would actually sink in water. Like, mm. that's how dense the wood was. Dang. But it was a seven to nine foot ash or Cornell Wood spear tipped with a leaf-shaped iron spearhead. Okay. Pretty long. Probably like a, like a six or seven, like a six inch iron spearhead. And then, like, uh, they had the hand grip wrapped in leather where you would hold on to it, and on the opposite end of the um, opposite end of the spear was a bronze like butt spike called a ceruter butt or...
0: spike. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> sounds like a, sounds like a sexual move.
0: Maybe <laughs> I don't know.
1: Gonna go perform the old butt spike on her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <clears throat> but the ceruter was known as the lizard killer. So like, you literally like stamp it in the ground and kill lizards with it. But it also acted as counterbalance to this really long spear. And if your spearhead got broken off, you could flip it around and use that as a secondary weapon. Gotcha. Okay. So these spears were held underhand or overhand because, in their other arm, they would have their shield. But when their spear was broken or it was, you know, rendered inoperable, they would pull their secondary weapon. And they had two in particular that they would use within the Spartan military. The first is the seif. It's the Cipus. I know the word is it's X I P H O S, but I try I tried so hard to find like what it actually like how to say that word because I looked at it and went, that's a siphos. That's, mm. that's what a, i would That's said. a syphos right there, the but
0: the pronunciation like, is broke down in our uh, in our notes here and it looks like Z-puss. pus. Zepus. Z-pus. That's what Z-puss. Z-puss. Z-pus. z Z-pus. Z-pus. There's a yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> the say that five six more times. Yeah.
1: It's a double edged iron blade iron bladed sword. And the sword itself, the blade's only about two feet long, okay? Somewhere as short as 14 inches. I mean, it was honestly like a really extended dagger.
0: Close, yeah. co- close quarter yeah. combat. and it was yeah, wielded
1: one-handed sword. in really close confines. And you can see him using something similar in the movie. But it's used, utilized if the hoplite breaks his spear. And the seapus was used for stabbing. So it was all about finding gaps in your enemy's armor in their shield wall. And you aim for the neck, for like the armpit. And then for the thighs and the groin, like they would try to like put it right. And I think there's a scene in the movie yeah, where, where he, he stab somebody right through the fucking thigh yeah. meat. Which, oh my god, that's. That I think
0: if you, I think, and I could be wrong. I'll fact check this, but I believe the place in the body that will bleed you out the fastest is the femoral art, or <laughs> the no femoral artery. No femoral artery runs up your neck, right?
1: The femoral artery runs is in your leg. It's your femur. What's the one? You're that, femur, yeah, yeah. This so you're is femoral, your carotid.
0: Carotid. Okay, yeah. Your femoral I artery will actually bleed pump, you out faster out. than your yeah.
1: So if you get hit in the carotid or you get hit in the femoral, you pump blood right. out. Right, you're gonna have to check that one. That's yeah, one I'll
0: have to fact check that. Yeah, I think it sounds legit. I, I think it out. so
1: too. The other type of sword they would use was called a copus, which was a single edge blade, but it was like a curved blade. It kind of looks like a like an Iraq. Kind of that was used by like the Dothraki, yeah. but just not as big of a curve in the blade. Yeah, and
0: that's kind of, you see that in the movie, right? That's yeah, like that's what they yeah, yeah, use. Yeah,
1: but theirs are like super ornate and ridiculous looking. Theirs were very much more rudimentary, but the guys in 300 are carrying the copus. But most arguably, the most important thing to the Greek hoplites was their shield, which was called a hoplon or an aspis. So this was like a big, thick
0: very thick yeah. wooden
1: disc of like 30 to 36 inches in diameter and like go ahead and tell me what you told me earlier yeah
0: I, somebody made the uh the comparison that it's essentially like carrying a large circular cutting board like a like you know a butcher, butcher block, block style yeah. cutting board where it's yeah. you know very and you could beat the shit out of a cutting board and it doesn't not much happens <laughs> yeah. to it so and in the movie, it's depicted as completely metal. Yeah, which yeah. is that not would, true. It's not quite. It's no. more of a bronze-plated piece of wood.
1: Yeah, so yeah. like, it's, it's a wood disc. And on the outside, the exterior would be like bronze plating that was fairly thin. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then on the interior side, it would be leather. And then on that, you'd weigh between 15 and 30 pounds on average. And you'd have an armband that you would slide your arm through. And then you'd have a wooden handle just inside the outer edge of the shield. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, it's a piece of defensive equipment, but you could also use it to mash people, bash them real good. Yep. Or Captain America style. Throw your shield. (laughs) Slide it right off your arm. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's, um, it was pretty effective, to be honest. And one of the cool things that I found that I I didn't mention earlier, but uh, one of the sayings for the Spartan people, particularly mothers and wives would say it to their husbands when they went out on campaign, and they portray this in the movie. Yep. They would tell them either with this or on it, talking about their shield. Either you come back with this or you come back on it because you're dead and you died in battle. Mm -hmm. Pretty dope. That's hardcore. The main piece of uh, armor they wore was a breastplate. So they they wear like like you've seen like those like flanged like leather skirts. Yeah, they were made Mm -hmm. up of like the long pieces of leather. They'd wear one of those. They'd wear sandals sometimes. It depended. But then they'd wear a bronze uh, breastplate. So
0: sometimes they go no shoes. Sometimes, They're yeah. Barefoot?
1: Yeah, they go barefoot. Just rock it.
0: Take some stones to go barefoot. Yeah, like that's those hobbit right. feet Yeah, <laughs> extra time.
1: But the breastplates, they were, there were two kinds. There was the bell and the muscle cuirass, which the bell cuirass is basically just like two pieces of bronze that are connected by a flange. So you like step into it and like clip mm-hmm. clip it shut. So it's smooth, and then it kind of like flares at the bottom like a bell. And then the muscle cuirass is what most people are probably more familiar with, which just like. They decided to like, put, some, put some abs and some pecs on it, yep. make you look real tough, which they're not sure which ones they used at uh, Thermopylae because they think they either wore those bronze breastplates or they wore something that's lone, known as a, lino, a linothorax, which was a composite piece of armor made of layers of hardened leather and linen, like all stitched together, hmm. which was resistant to slashing damage and arrows. But the bronze breastplates... They protected the entire torso from any type of sl- stabbing or slashing because you couldn't just punch through it. And that's one of the main reasons that the Persian archers were so, like, ineffectual at right. Thermopylae.
0: Well, that was not portrayed in the movie. No, it was you not. You to show off all those muscle, mm-hmm. muscle-bound hey, man, cakes. You got
1: or- to oil it up real nice. That's right.
0: Yeah, you got to get the chicas in the door, and that's, that's right. how
1: you do it. <laughs> well, how do we get women to come see this? Let's let's dress some like Chippendales dancers Just, make, and just get them take, in there Make
0: them shirtless yeah. Throw some sexy accents on them And let's rock and roll It was kind of <coughs> like Magic Mike Before Magic Mike came it out It was That's very fair yeah. Yep
1: Women were loving that shit My wife Big fan
0: Big fan of 300 Big fan oh, Or of Gerard Butler Gerard Butler Yeah Yeah. She
1: you likes can, his accent Yeah. Thinks
0: he's dreamy What's, you that, look at what's him. that
1: fucking movie he's in Where he dies
0: Oh uh, P.S. I Love You Yep
1: she loves that one
0: I've never seen that one It's I like how you know that one like, <laughs> Cease, big <laughs> cease, it.
1: The man likes a good rom com, right? We were talking about that last night.
0: Yeah, there's so, a couple out there. That oh yeah. The
1: most it. distinctive thing about uh, the Spartan the Spartan kit and just the kit worn by most of the uh, hoplites was their helmet. So this was called a Corinthian style helm, which was made out of one entire piece of bronze. Like it wasn't flanged or put together. They literally took a piece of bronze and bashed it into the bell shape, and he'd wear like a it had like a leather cap on the inside of it. But the only things that it had were it connected, it protected the entire head and neck and had two slits for your eyes. Obviously couldn't see out of it really good. Mm-hmm. You could basically see right, right in front of you. No which is really, if you're
0: fighting in the, the foul, that's really all you need. Yeah. It's
1: all you need. Yeah. And then on the top was the really distinct horsehair crest, which served a dual role. They believe that um, they had different ones for officers, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Like to distinguish who was who, but they also wore it for intimidation. Like straight up, it was yeah. just for to intimidate.
0: It is a gnarly looking helmet. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, that's I, I really want cool.
1: one very badly. Mm-hmm. It's on my list of have sometime in my life. <laughs> just, just a, you're gonna walk into my office. There's gonna be a Spartan helmet on the wall. <laughs>
0: you're gonna be wearing it. <laughs>
1: just, you know, the one I have in my in the guest bedroom. Yeah. I put it on from time to time. <laughs> when my wife's, nice not home, I put that helmet on. Just sit on my couch. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd also wear. um Like leather bracers, and then they wore bronze or leather greaves on their legs to protect from basically above the knee all the way down to the ankle. So they're pretty heavily fucking armored. Yeah. Especially compared to their enemies that are wearing linen and carrying wicker. Not not so
0: much armor that they're not so pretty mobile though. Yes. Like that's an important part of that. Yeah, particularly their legs, you can move really easily. Mm -hmm. And your upper arms, like you have a lot of motion with your Yeah. I mean there's no there's
1: no shoulders on this armor. It's just a breastplate. It's kind of like, uh, remember the old muscle tees from the late 90s? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. good look.
1: Not cut off. They literally were stitched and made to look like a Mm t-shirt that had the... uh, The the sleeves sleeves cut out of it. I had several of those. I thought they were pretty sweet. (laughs) They were pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, They were not. They were stupid. They don't look good. They didn't age well. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously, we've talked about it several times already, but the, uh, the main way of fighting for the hoplites and the Spartans in particular was the phalanx, which, I mean, it's... It's a light years ahead strategy compared to a lot of the stuff that the Persians are going to be utilizing. But it's pretty simple. And in 300, they actually explain the concept pretty well when uh, Leonidas is talking to Quasimodo about why he can't fight yeah. for him. <laughs> Which he just... What he, is his
0: name? We probably should have... F-E-A-T-E-S. F-E-A-T-E-S, yeah. yeah.
1: And he just... Like hate publicly shames the guy. Yeah, dick no move. Yeah. I don't blame. Asshole. I don't
0: blame the movie version of Ephialtes. Put him, from put him doing behind that. everybody else, yeah. and
1: just let him stab people on the ground. He'll be super jazzed about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll nah. get to this
0: later. But Ephialtes is the guy who betrays the Greeks and informs Xerxes about the mountain pass. And in the movie, he gets just just he he what he has like a humpback and I don't know. He yeah, gets he got a gimp
1: hand and yeah. a humpback and. He looks like Quasimodo. He took yeah. the
0: dive, the infant dive into the ravine, so he's not, like, super healthy. He's <laughs> no, all fucked yeah. up. but they didn't
1: throw him. They t- his parents ran away with him. I think his parents didn't him. Oh, him. I, I have... thought they threw him in the ravine, <laughs> and they recovered <laughs> him out of the ravine.
0: My boy's a survivor.
1: Yeah.
0: In the movie, he's represented as a Spartan, but in reality, he was... Probably someone who lived near Thermopylae. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's from
1: one of the city states yeah. around there. But yeah. They, yeah,
0: so they just gave him a little bit more of a Flavor, why they yeah. gave him a better Gotta motivation tr- yeah. for turning on the Greeks. Gotta church the him up. What,
1: yeah. Why would he want to fight for the Spartans in general? Fuck the Spartans! Yeah, they made yeah. his family run away.
0: Yeah, and but then anyways, then they they publicly shame inclusion was not high on the, the yeah the they weren't worried about being this. PC. No. no,
1: Leonidas didn't break it down and be like, all right, look at you and look at me, look at this. You want this, but you can't
0: have it. You can't yeah. have it. Not today. <laughs> to be <laughs> fair, that humpback looks incredibly muscular. Yes, it does. And it looks soft.
1: Hey, he throws out that big... He throws out the spear yeah, jab. I look like he'd kill somebody. Yeah, I out. would
0: get the hunchback on my team. He, yeah. he can, you could find a role for that guy.
1: 301 is better than 300. 300 yeah. yeah. Put a put shield him on, on the his end back, of the back line. Like, Just put,
0: put him, him out in front. He dies immediately. Problem solved. <laughs> yeah, He
1: wants to die. Yeah. Let him die.
0: Yeah, there you go. Let
1: him run. Let better run.
0: yet, just put him out there and have one of your own guys just... Right through the back of the neck, problem solved.
1: Right through the hump.
0: Yeah, yeah think right there's pus you just, in that oh, hump. I was just oh, thinking this God, same is bitch. hard or you pussy.
1: Bu- <laughs> you chop the top of that yeah. thing and just
0: yeah, there, man. Hey, I'm actually pretty normal now.
1: Uh, <laughs> he's just all little, these years. He's had fluid on his spine for 30 years. huge weights come off my back. <laughs> he just stands up straight, and he looks muscular like, "Oh, yeah. okay, Damn, yeah,
0: bending over that whole time gave me a sweet
1: six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh
0: anyways
1: <laughs> so back to it the phalanx is pretty simple i mean it's just a tightly packed square of soldiers but they would take their large circular shields and basically overlap them in, the, in a pattern that protected not just your chest but the thigh and neck from mm-hmm. basically from the upper thigh all the way to the neck of the person standing to your left
0: the best description i saw of it is like recreating like a, a reptile scale system. oh yeah that's a good that's, m- that's basically a good what they're doing. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, for sure. Basically, it's an impenetrable wall that there's really no gaps in to try and, you know, yeah. maneuver around or, you know, attack through. They hold firm and basically shove up against each other. And like one of the descriptions I read said most of the fighting at Thermopylae and this type of fighting in general was like literally like 15 to 20 second like burst of energy. So the both sides would slowly come together and then you bash at each other, stab, stab, and then you back away. And then you come back together, and then boom, boom. A couple people die. Back away, and you do that for fucking hours mm-hmm. and hours.
0: And then the Spartans, with their their spears, were significantly longer than the Persians, yes. so um, they were able to hit the Persians way sooner than the Persians could do mm-hmm. any damage to them.
1: And The Persians, um, as a counterpoint, they're using linen. Like almost all of them are just wearing like a linen tunic. Mm-hmm. They're used to fighting in the desert in Iran mm-hmm. or in the Middle East. So they don't wear a lot of armor in, to begin with. The ones that do, they wore like, a, like a, a scaled male shirt made of like small pieces of iron that were stitched all over like a shirt. But that's it. And guess what can punch right through that? A big old ass iron spearhead will go straight through yep. that shit.
0: Yep. Really and easy. as
1: Amac has pointed out several times, they were using fucking wicker shields.
0: Wicker. Like like, like what a, your the, mom put blankets yeah, in when exactly. you were a child. Like what Longenberger chose to make baskets out of. <laughs> Like, not good shield. Not a good defense.
1: Yeah. If you're at home right now, go find the wicker basket in your house, because you have one, Uh because everybody has at least one, and then hold it up and try to think about stopping an iron spearhead with it.
0: I bet you could punch a hole through a wicker basket. Yeah. You can punch a hole. Yes.
1: I'm sure these are like a, like, they're a thicker wood. Like, it's for stopping arrows, would be my guess. Like, arrows would kind of like, get caught inside of it. But a straight thrust by a sword. or Or a, or an a Badass spear, spear? Yeah, yeah. a badass right.
0: Dory, yeah, a dory. dory,
1: Dory coming in hot on you, <laughs> just
0: flapping <laughs> you her. You may gills. not
1: always remember where it's supposed to go, but yeah. it's gonna get there. <laughs> so they come together, <laughs> smash together, and then you find like the small openings in the opposing sides line, and that's where you thrust with your spear. You'd slash through with your sword. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole thing behind the hoplites was we're gonna stay further away from you, like you just said, and we're gonna stab you. And you can't get close. Yep. And we're going to use those spears until we get mashed together. And then we pull our secondary weapon, cut Achilles tendons, cut behind knees, stab through thighs, take a fucking sp- spear into your groin. If you're a Persian
0: walk. and you're running up there, do you fake an early injury?
1: <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Cut me into Achilles. Ah, and you go down.
0: <laughs> it's like, ah. a, like a soccer player that gets kicked. You like roll. Yeah. On
1: my hamstring. And yeah. then you roll out of the fray. <laughs> yeah. And then just uh, then then play dead. Then you just play I them on
0: the next time.
1: Like in the movie, it shows like as the Spartan line moves forward, there's four or five guys behind them walking around just...
0: Yeah, just, ice just and icing people. Just
1: using the... Using the killer. And just boom, right in the neck. Boom, right in the neck. Yeah. So if you're playing dead, you got to make sure you pull another dead body on yeah. top. Yeah. Of Get neck.
0: you some body armor. Yeah. <laughs> dead armor.
1: Literally, Literally body armor. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason that the... Spartans and the hoplites in general, the Greek hoplites, were so much better because of their discipline. As long as that shield wall stays intact, you can hold out as long as possible. So we kind of tried to figure out fact, effectively how long the shield wall was. And what did we say? Like, what was it? Like 50 feet, basically? Yeah. Or like 100 feet. It was 100 feet long. I mean, it's, how many they, people they said it was say? like
0: 64 by 8 was like the, the line of... feet wide by It was by how eight, they like organized their people. Deep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you wouldn't fight at the front the entire time. What they would do is every, like, 20, 30 minutes, you'd basically shift, and a new guy would come from the lines behind you, and you would shuffle to the back.
0: Yeah, you kind of get you kind of get narrow. like yeah. the hot, you, you go from hamburger to hot dog, and you shuffle to the back.
1: <laughs> hamburger, hot dog, it, slide through yeah. the line. Yep. And then you're in the back, you get some water, get some Gatorade, <laughs> eat, eat some nuts.
0: Yeah, and then that, gave, that allowed the uh, Greeks to, like, use their smaller force to hold off this huge force. You know, they mm-hmm. can rotate their guys in, use that, the geography of the past to just funnel the troops into that really narrow pass. But their numbers won't count for shit. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> I guess they'd ever do it
1: every time. And the Persians, mm-hmm. they're not, they're literally just throwing guys at them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's going to lead us directly into the battle itself.
0: So it's been four days. Xerxes has been waiting for the Greeks to hopefully disperse or take his terms of surrender, essentially. But, Nothing changes, and Xerxes proceeds with the attack. So to begin with, Xerxes takes a cheap shot. He goes for his, like, eh, maybe we just take him out with some arrows. Mm-hmm. So he does the whole blot out the sun with his arrows, orders 5,000 archers to shoot. 5,000 archers. It's a lot. It's a lot of troops. Think about the 200 elven archers last episode. <laughs> yeah. Imagine you know, the, the 5, amount 000. of arrows you would need.
1: And you don't even, you're not aiming. You're just firing it into the air. Yeah. Just just pop it up there and see what happens. Yeah. It seems
0: silly. Why don't you just march them pretty close and then like shoot from like. You got 250,000 guys, right? Why don't you just bait them in with some troops and then just kill all your guys too. Just take everybody out <laughs> with Boom. Problem solved. We're out of there. Again, General AMAC has this problem solved.
1: So <laughs> just bring me in when you're ready. And I'll... <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll handle it real quick. Yep. Are people going to die? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be on our side? Yes. But, but sometimes you got to cut the fat.
0: Yeah. Collateral damage. So, these 5,000 archers shoot a volley of arrows, but it's super ineffective. They're shot from way too far away. Pokemon. They're, yeah. It's yeah.
1: ineffective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: They're shot from 100 yards away, and so by the time the arrows are getting there, they're not quite as... Uh, not, not the they, same oomph. Yeah. And the Greeks' wooden shields with that bronze layer and their bronze helmets works as a great defense from these arrows. So
1: It doesn't really say, but do you think they... Because the, the, the Testudo, like the turtle... Mm. Shell, I don't think that's a thing yet.
0: Nah. But they I don't just kind of like really pop is. the
1: shields up and it just, there's no gaps for it to come through, yeah. right? Yeah, like it's
0: like this, like I said, like the lizard armor where you like, they're all just kind of like you're over the, each the other. guy in the front's shield goes over top and like layers onto the next guy to the next mm-hmm. guy. It's more like the, like the turtle shell strategy the orcs, the Urukai use when they're walking uh, yeah. up the ramp. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, that's yeah. fair. So that, that's represented pretty well in the movie too. You know, they yeah, get shot is. and they just nail them right off, they break the, the arrows off with their spears
1: with With one swift downward yeah. Yeah. like, pretty pretty strong off do like six yeah. or seven yeah. just, yeah! it's
0: like a windshield
1: wiper. I feel like I would pull them out one at a time to try and keep my shield nice, but that's mm-hmm. me that's me <laughs> I'm old school
0: so after this fails, uh Xerxes sends in a force of ten thousand Medes and Sissians. Uh, Medes are ancient Iranians from uh what would be current day northwest iron they were
1: Iran. they were one of the first like cultures to be. Like enveloped by the Achaemenid Empire because mm-hmm. they were like neighbors and they just we're just going to take you and yeah. pop you in here so the Greeks
0: are positioned in front of that phocian wall at the narrowest point um, this is, allows them to use their fewest amount of soldiers at a time and as we just talked about they can like shuffle the troops out so mm-hmm. to keep everyone well rested um, the Greek phalanx is super successful and they just destroy this first uh, yeah. attacking army. the meats get absolutely bummed
1: yeah <laughs> I just, I really wish you could see it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it'd be cool to just pop through history and, like, be standing on the bluff watching. Come on, <laughs>
0: these yeah. fucking idiots. Yeah. So, and in, in, in this first battle, uh, the Greeks killed so many Persians that Xerxes is said to have stood up three times during the battle, because he's, he's watching from a distance. It's and like a
1: throne built on a, on a cliff, right? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So he, he stands up three times in shock during the battle because his troops are just getting decimated. Again, the Greeks see this guy sitting up there, right? They probably... Why don't they just send a guy up there, send a small force up there, get rid of Xerxes again, boom, problem solved, war over. Yeah. That's General fair.
1: Amac done. Got yeah. it, taken care of. I feel like there's... I think that it's like they can't get up to Ah. Him. Like, he's... It's not just that he's on a cliff over watching them. Like, you... The only way to get there is to take that path behind the mm-hmm. whole lines. And if, like, both sides, they have, like, sentries and shit, like, basically guarding their lines, if, All like, right. if I had to wager.
0: Perhaps they thought that through. Thought it's...
1: (laughs) started to throw a wrench in your plans. Yeah.
0: That's fair. So, after this, uh, Xerxes goes from taking his cheap shot with the arrows to his his initial troop of meads that he sends out. Now he's like, well, fuck it. We're just gonna send in the best guys we got. Mm -hmm. The best guys they've got are the immortals. So, these immortals are... You see them in the movies as well, but the movie did kind of took some liberties there.
1: It portrays them as like... Monsters. Yeah, they're kind of like
0: mutants, like yeah. mutant ninjas. And it,
1: yeah, who come from like the far east. Yeah, right? that's how they're portrayed. Not true.
0: Yeah. So the the immortals were an elite group of ten thousand uh, men. So the group was always made up of ten thousand men. If someone got sick, wounded, or died, it would be replaced immediately. Always keeping that number at ten thousand. Mm-hmm. So that's how that's where they got their name, the immortals, because the troop is always the same.
1: They're also like the household guard, right? They're like the royal guards yeah. of, the, of the king.
0: They're, they're like the elite soldiers. Yeah. Like they're they're heavily armed infantry. How do you think they know it's always ten, like who's in charge of like taking it roll <laughs> The propaganda? Yeah. <laughs> We've only been 9,873 for like three months. Nobody's even found <laughs> out. Not,
1: the, the process to get in is very difficult. Yeah. you got to go through all these, you know, yeah. VCs. A lot of red gotta, tape. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't just happen. You don't just get to be in the club. All right.
0: Billy's got to, like, when they're doing the count-off, he's got to run from one spot to the other <laughs> spot of the line. <laughs> so uh, they carried spears and wicker shields, uh, bows and daggers. But, yeah, as we talked about, those wicker shields aren't going to do a lot to defend against mm. the spears of the Spartans. Um, there's some conflicting descriptions of their armor. Uh, some say they had bronze helmets and breastplates. Others say robes with scale armor. Um the main takeaway is that the reserve like best troops. They're yeah. extremely skilled warriors and
1: and he's the ones that he wants to hold on to the most, right? Yeah, you wouldn't mm. think
0: he would throw them in right away.
1: Like why not just literally just kamikaze this bitch? I know like the, I know the shield wall is going to work well and there's 7,000 Greek troops, but I feel like you could just bomb 10, 20k yeah. soldiers and just just run, just go through them. Yeah, right they're going to the- get
0: tired eventually, right? Yeah. You yes. just keep throwing fresh warm bodies in there and eventually you make progress. But, you know. Yeah. Again, well, he threw these immortals at them, and they didn't fare any better. Um, they were cut down just as easily as before with the Medes. Um, granted, the Greeks had the the advantage of the Phocian wall and yep. and the defensible position, but on top of that, as we talked about, their armor and their weapons was just way superior. Mm-hmm. So the Persians weren't used to this; they hadn't faced. Uh, well, I guess that's not true. They would have faced them before. They should have expected that. You know? yeah, I probably mean, they have... should
1: have learned their lesson in fucking marathon. Like you would think. The, hmm? Athens defeated you using the same tactics. It's been 10 years. Shit ain't changed.
0: Lack like, of communication, I think. Yeah, they yeah. just forgot about it. Darius just forgot to tell other people about it.
1: <laughs> Came home like, what happened? I want to talk about uh, it. <laughs>
0: Uh, it also said that the Spartans would use a uh, tactic of feigning. Well, did you read anything about yeah, this? Yeah, no, they I for sure up? did.
1: Like, uh, it was during the first day because I think it was the attack by the Medes. Mm-hmm. So when the Medes attacked, the Spartans turned, or excuse me, the Greek forces turned and ran away like they were retreating. So the Persians broke ranks in pursuit. And as soon as they broke ranks and got ragged and like all took off, the Greeks wheeled relock shields and fucked them up hard. Huh. Like literally, it's. I mean, it's a false retreat. Locked yeah. back together, and like by that point, There's all the Persians are All the are out of position, and they're not like co- like a cohesive unit. Yeah. So they literally turn and come back at them and just fucking steamroll them.
0: Hmm. I'm trying to think in the movie. Uh, in the movie, what day is it that they have the they build the wall of bodies? Is that the second day? Yeah, they build the wall of bodies, and they like push the wall over on top yeah. of one guy. Yeah, that was so stupid. It was. I guess it was the immortals when the yeah, immortals mm-hmm. came. Like, why wouldn't you wait until? All the immortals are underneath it, or they're trying to climb up the wall of bodies or something. He's uh-huh. got the they one got guy. One guy
1: with it. And then you got fucking Frankenstein coming out. Yeah. Chained oh, up yeah.
0: Dude. What was that all they about? They took a lot of mythical liberties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess that guy could have just been a mutant, but. Or, like, you know, like. The, it it was, was, he was the, like the the nine teeth, foot tall, though. Yeah, yeah, the
1: teeth and everything else. Mm-hmm. Is just, yeah.
0: Then know. you get that guy who's like cutting people's heads off back at the camp. Yeah, he's, he's, like, got, yeah. he's got cha- like stumpy. He's got shaped, like, swords chain in his arms. Looks like Job of the Hutt. Yeah.
1: And he had, he had pierced nipples. I don't know why, but I do remember that. He had he like a chain hang between his tits.
0: Hey, man, mm-hmm. gotta make it sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta make it pop.
1: Hips up. and nips. You think Hips. It, had, no no, it had to you be just mean? like a shock
0: factor thing. Like they just put that in there to get like as weird. And it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably in the. It's probably in the. Xerxes did novel. Novel. Yeah, yeah, execute several of his novel.
1: commanders after shit wasn't working. Like that is factually correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It did happen. But I don't think he had a guy who had sword arms who was responsible. Or, yeah, for cleaver
0: arms. That. Yeah. So the Immortals did not do well. Uh, so that would end out the first day. The Greeks successfully held the pass and defended against multiple forces from, uh, from Xerxes. It! Yeah, they probably were pretty they're pretty yeah. pumped. Probably did some serious man love that night in the hot gates. Probably hot for more than one. A lot one of B's and a lot of A's in <laughs> <and> the hot gates.
1: <laughs> if you're gonna die, you gotta get it where you can get mm-hmm.
0: it. Does that ruin like for people who are like really into like the badass of the Spartans? Does it ruin it for you to, to find that out they that were, they're like they were dicking plowing butt? Yeah. I don't think I it mean, ruins it for who, me. Not for, not for who us. gives a shit, yeah. you know? I'm yeah. saying other people who might not if have anything, maybe that makes views. you more
1: badass because I'm not banging a dude. Mm, that's, that's not true. my thing.
0: That's true. I'm not into you gotta that. You got to be real comfortable with yourself and your sexuality to bang chicks and dudes. That's, that's all there is to it. That's very yeah. fair. You are that's very fair. comfortable with yourself yep. at that point.
1: Yeah. I'm the most powerful warrior in all of Greece. Uh-huh. I like banging guys and girls. That's my thing. Oh,
0: Bang whatever I want. I Big do what I want. Yeah. Now we got that out of the way. So that takes us to day 2. Xerxes is assuming that the Greeks took a lot of losses and that they're going to be worn down by this point. So
1: And they are taking losses. Like we're yeah. not we're not really going to we're not touching on that as this goes. Yeah, but it's not like nobody on the Greek side's dying. Yeah, yeah. People are dying, but I, I forget how many like there's no definitive information on how mm-hmm. many people die each day. But except for like the Greek or the Persian forces because they lose thousands within yeah. the first the first day. Or allegedly, allegedly.
0: Yeah, the the Persian losses are way heavier than the Greek losses. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, so on the second day, he's assuming that they're worn down and that he can break through the, on this day. So he does the same thing he did the first day and sent more infantry to attack again.
1: Let it ride. Hell Let's yeah. do it again. Double down.
0: Yep. So Get and all
1: on bread. Let's it goes go.
0: about the same. I mean, if Greeks held the pass again. Not surely take losses, but hold the pass. Successfully uh, defend against the Persians with their phalanx shield wall, and Xerxes calls off the assault because he sees that they're not making any progress. Mm-hmm. It's at this point that uh, the Greek defector Ephialtes,
1: who or, somehow made it through the centuries, made it through the yeah. lines, just hello, great king, yes, right let so me he, come into your menagerie of freaks and like just be awed by all the dirtball debauchery that's going on. A lot of licking. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Licking that Xerxes uh, knows
1: how to get a traitor onto his side.
0: Mm-hmm. You go in there and you go, lick go. his, you lick tongue. the puss hump. <laughs> <laughs>
1: pus
0: hump. Hey, if he was a camel, what kind of camel would he be? He would be a, a one hump camel. Well, what, I don't know. There's the a main? lot of what's there's the a main, lot of bumps. Two
1: kinds. Which one? The,
0: uh, I don't remember because drama. the Bactrian, yeah, right? It'd the
1: Bactrian camel. It's one hump.
0: I don't know. Don't remember. Do you think his hump brings all the girls to the yard? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> You're mixing
1: two songs together, man. Right?
0: Yeah. No, I'm thinking
1: I'll... My hump, my Damn hump?
0: It. Yeah. Are yeah. you trying to
1: say... Milkshakes bring all the boys to the yeah, yard, John. Yeah, Come yeah. on.
0: That's Humps by Fergie, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, Milkshake? That's Kalees. that other... Khalees. Khalees. Wow. Ask. Don't ask. I don't know, I know how you know that. that. Don't I don't ask. know that one. I know
1: it, though. I was about 12, 13 years old when that song came out, and I remember watching the music video going, I don't know what it is, but I like this. Mm. Mm. The hot it's tune.
0: Into it. The hot tune. Well, anyway. Ephialtes comes to Xerxes, and he informs him of the secret mountain goat path that will allow the Persians to flank the Greeks, get behind them, and fuck shit up.
1: Yeah, it's uh, marked in green on the... You can see it on the map. It's marked in green where they kind of just ease around the side. Ease around.
0: And Mm -hmm. this betrayal by Ephialtes will result in uh, that name forever being associated with a traitor, essentially. Its translation is Nightmare in Greek. and. it just represents a typical traitor in the Greek culture. He's kind of like our Benedict, Arnold, Benedict um, Arnold in the Greek culture. If you're in the United States.
1: Biggest traitor in American history. Yep. After
0: learning the secret mountain, the secret pass, uh, Xerxes sends his commander. I do not know how to pronounce that. Hydarnus. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely it. Nailed it. it. <laughs> With a force <laughs> of about 20,000, some of them being the immortals, uh, to pass the two, encircle the Greeks. And you remember that pass is being guarded by a thousand feet, uh, potion. Yep. seventh grade B team. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: seventh grade B team. And Ooh. they're
0: just, they're just kicking back probably. Yeah. You know? though they are. They're, they're probably just, like just chilling. A bunch yeah. of,
1: a bunch of the, like, uh a bunch of the excerpts I read said that they fucking didn't even have their armor on. They were literally like yeah. chilling on the ground. I like
0: they're like sitting there like playing tic-tac-toe <laughs> in the dirt. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're like hanging they're, out. They're in the hot springs just yeah. like having <sighs> a good bath. This yeah. Barton bubbles everywhere. A really,
1: yeah. really nice cushy job here, boys. <laughs> We did it. We're helping out. We're doing it for Greece.
0: Bunch <laughs> of beer cans everywhere. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, and they didn't set sentries. That's, that was something else I saw. They didn't have sentries. That's awesome a no.
0: mistake. They were literally, they were fucking the dog. They had one job, really. Yeah. <laughs> one fucking job.
1: <laughs> what job? Yeah.
0: So at daybreak, so now we're on to day three. So mm. this battle takes place over three days, as mm. you can imagine as we're getting through. But on the beginning of the day, the third day. And it's, uh, a,
1: it's in the early morning hours, too. It's yeah. like pitch black. Yeah. And they come at him.
0: Yeah, the this this attacking group of uh Persians led by Hydarnes Had- uh comes on the Phocian guards and they're totally caught off guard as we're talking about mm-hmm. fucking the dog and the Phocians quickly retreat. They just bail. They just they try to get away. to a defensible position and uh, they think they can make a stand there, but the Persians aren't even interested in them. They're they're there to get through and outflank the Greeks. So mm-hmm. They fire a volley of arrows at him and then just bypass them all together.
1: I'm pretty sure so, a bunch of them surrender too. Like, yeah, like, yeah, all right, we're out. The we one guy
0: out. in 300, the one guy that's the Leon, like Leonidas. I found this yeah. horse. That's that moment where he like comes <laughs> right. flying in on a horse. Hasn't been a horse in the entire <laughs> oh, film. Yeah, and he comes flying in on a horse. <laughs> it's like, oh, they've taken the ba- they've taken the, our backside.
1: But they like I. I've seen that movie a dozen times and it never clicked in my head that that was what's going on until we like started yeah. to do this. It's like, yeah, they have all this shit in the movie. Like they did a good job yeah. of including parts of the story, but they just don't They even talk about the phocians being the ones guarding that pass yeah. in the movie. Yeah. But they just, it's like, it's just a throwaway if, line.
0: Yeah. And if you don't know the backstory, it's kind of hard to put all that together. if yeah, You're yeah. watching it, which has been cool to go back and rewatch. Yeah, it now. It really has been. But yeah, so they do send a runner in the, in reality, in history, that a runner sent to warn Leonidas. Riding up. Yeah. <laughs> and he
1: jumps off and he's out he just, of breath. What yeah, the fuck might, are you out of breath yeah. for? You're riding a horse.
0: <laughs> he pops right off, too.
1: <sighs> okay.
0: So when they learn that the Persians are coming, they, and they they kind of know that all is lost here, like that was their main, that was the one caveat. I was like, we have to, Yep. if they get around us, we're screwed. That's the way she goes. They call a war council to decide what their options are, and Leonidas essentially tells them that, he sends most of them away, you know, to leave if they want. And he stays back with his 300
1: Spartans. Yeah. We're going to fight it. We're going to fight a rear guard action. Yeah. Y'all get out of here. Yep. Anybody who wants to stay, if you want to stay and chill, we're going to chill. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be a great day. I have so, a barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to invite the Persians over, see if they want to, you know, dance a little bit.
0: So I think in total, 2,000 uh, troops, 2,000 Greek troops stay with. Leonidas and the Spartans stacked as that rear guard. I think it's seven hundred, seven hundred thespians led by General Demophilius and four hundred Thebans, and then the Spartan helot slaves. Yeah, they they, don't really they have got a choice. This. They yeah.
1: got the shit stick. Yeah. they carried all the Spartan shit to the battlefield. They've probably been getting butt fucked, or yeah, you know, that's on the probably the side their primary job yeah. is
0: to take the little bit of meat in the evenings. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then the you're old told,
0: meat yeah, the boner, and Then they're giving boner them boner weapons.
1: <laughs> then they're telling them, hey. Uh, so you're going to have to fight now. Yeah. And we're all going to die. So let's, let's, okay, let's get really down to tough business. break.
0: So for this final defense, the Greeks head outside of the Phocian wall um, to face the oncoming Persian forces. And
1: yeah, then and like go totally, like it's a big open area. Right. Yeah. So they decide, let's just get out and kill as many of these motherfuckers as we can. Yeah. We're going to try to hold up their forces mm-hmm. because the whole thing was, if they don't fight a rear guard action, once they get through the hot gates and past the middle gate, the like the land opens up, so the Persian cavalry will be able to run down any forces that retreat. Right. Yeah. So they so, have to hold them up to give them enough time to get away. Yeah. yeah.
0: So the death of these couple thousands will protect the retreat of the other. What? I think it's 5, like five thousand. Yeah. 5, so I think it's.
1: I think this is like between three and four thousand people got away. Yeah,
0: because I imagine several people had died at this point too. Yeah. yeah. So Xerxes gives enough time for uh, Hydarnes and his the troops that are flanking the Greeks to get down the mountainside. And uh, then he sends in a force of ten thousand men as well. So caught with, in the shit sandwich. Yeah, you're getting it from both sides here. the The Greeks basically fight until they're last. Like they're fighting with their spears until their spears are broken. Then they're fighting with their um uh, with their shorter with their short Cipus. swords. Sipus. Hmm. Sipus. That's right. What was the other one? Something Cipus. piss.
1: A copus. copus.
0: Copus. Yeah. A puss and piss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> puss and piss. <laughs>
1: Oh, you just brought a gun to a shit fight or something like that.
0: <laughs> so during this assault, Leonidas dies. He's killed by um several Persian archers, which is portrayed in the movie. Uh he's he luckily doesn't have any arrows in his face, so.
1: Yeah, gotta gotta keep that mug out <laughs> yeah. there. It's for the ladies.
0: Covered in arrows, but none on his on his beautiful face. Uh, The Persians and Greeks fought over the body on the battlefield, and the Greeks won possession of it. Which is
1: fucking awesome. Yeah. Because, like, Leonidas, he's the king. He has a royal bodyguard within his Spartans. So they literally fight to where the king has fallen, and there's a fierce fight to take control of the body, and they get it and fall back within Greek lines.
0: And, yeah, they get that body, and they withdraw to the final stand, which they'll make on the uh, It's on the map is, like, the— last stand hill which is uh, to the east of the phocian wall uh so it's been behind them the majority of their time they've been fighting but they pull that back to that position at this point the thebans surrender to the persians yeah straight up they just they nope, we're throw done. it in yeah we're done and the remaining greeks continue to fight on that hill uh the hill gets surrounded by the persians and the persians just start bombing arrows in there and kill all the greeks
1: that's it that's and that's I mean. it. That's it. Yeah. Yep. They get, they get iced. Yeah. They actually, this, I mean, this is what's the coolest part. This, this did happen. This battle took place and the events they believe happened relatively how it's explained because they found the hill where the Spartans made their final stand back in the, I think it was nineties or early two thousands. They excavated the site and found a shit ton of Persian right. iron, air like, mm-hmm. arrowheads all over this one hill. So like, Oh, this is where they all died. Sweet. <laughs> And they found another hill where they believe, like all of the remains are buried too. Dang, it's pretty cool.
0: So at at the end of this battle, uh, the estimated fatalities were about twenty thousand fatalities for the Persians and around two thousand for the Greeks. Just tough. Yeah, it's but, tough. I mean, the, for for their size, the Greeks did a lot of damage.
1: And it's, I mean, at this point, this is where it turns more from you know this one single battle, this one moment in time, to be in this like movement, if you will. I mean, of course, it's been churched up and explained as being far more important. They lost. The Greeks fucking lost. Mm-hmm. It's a loss, but it's supposed to be the battle that lights the fire under the Greek people to stand up to the Persians. And, but it's true. That's exactly what happens. Okay, Leonidas, his body is captured by the Persians, and Xerxes demands that he be beheaded and crucified.
0: He's a little bitter at this point. Pretty yeah. hardcore. Yeah. I think you'd go for one or the other. The two seems a little bit... And he's you know. already dead. <laughs> yeah, like you cut his head off and then you nailed him to a cross. Uh,
1: debatable. Yeah. Debatable choice.
0: Yeah, it was like 40 years until Leonidas' bones were returned to Sparta, but they were eventually returned to Sparta.
1: Which is um, crazy that they were able to find his bones.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. I guess you know with factual evidence like, on that. Because
1: uh, if Xerxes is going to have him beheaded and crucified, is he just going to like then bury him with like full dignity in his own spot? Would you <laughs> just like throw his ass into the fucking... The Mylan Gulf.
0: Mm-hmm. Ah, punt, he, punt it. He got him in the he's in his bone room. This is room of all the bones. Like he's the, a predator. Ah, yeah. Hey, can you can you guys give us uh, Leonidas bones back? I've been using him out. his
1: skull as a goblet for forty <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs>
0: uh, so after this defeat here, the the naval battle which has been going on at Artemisium the whole time is ended as well. It's essentially ended in a stalemate and the, pretty, it was
1: a loss for the Greeks though, basically, right? Yeah. Like they took out a bunch of the Persian fleet. But they technically were like, ah, and we're out. We and were they, like- yeah,
0: because w- once it failed at Thermopylae, there's no reason to hold it at at Artemisium anymore. Mm-hmm. So the Athenian ships bailed and went to help uh, evacuate Athens. And as you were saying earlier, the Persian troops then marched through the hot gates to Athens and raised it to the ground.
1: They burned that bitch yeah. up. Like they they devastated the city so much that when you like, because a lot of these a lot of these like ancient cities like this. There's layers to, like, all the history. Like, this is from this period. This is from this period. And you can tell by the different architecture and stuff. He burned down so much of the city that there's literally a layer that's just, like, decimation.
0: Damn. And so Ooh. this
1: is where Athens was burned to the ground. And then here is where they rebuilt on top of it. Oh. No. But, but the city's been completely emptied. All the Athenians, the, the fleet from Artemisium, is, comes in and joins a larger Greek fleet. And they evacuate all the citizens to the island of Salamis.
0: I read that there's, like, a few stubborn old people. I'm
1: like <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving. It's like but people
0: yeah. who live in uh, in Florida and deal with the hurricanes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not going. My daddy built this house in 1962. I ain't leaving. Uh,
0: so this will eventually set up uh, a large series of, of events that will eventually lead to the Battle of Platia, which is we'll cover it eventually in which some we'll other probably episode. Get to, yeah,
1: yeah, and that's portrayed in 300 at the yeah, very yeah, end. That's a very, a very badass scene. Yeah,
0: which would well. We'll get into it in another episode, but it's a, a a better ending for the Greeks in that that story.
1: Needless to say, they won.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they won.
1: That's it. Yeah, we did it, fellas. Man, I, I can't believe we burned through that. So this is usually where we do all of our acknowledged sources, but we use so many different books and documentaries and articles about the Spartans and the Greek forces in this battle in particular. It's just too many to freaking list here. Yeah. But if you're interested in knowing more about any of the sources that we used. Drop us an email. Throw us a line on Twitter. What's
0: the email, John? Victoricalpodcast at gmail.com Boom. Nailed it. Boom. Nailed it. Drop it's us, almost like we did it twice. Drop us a line. Hashtag no nudes.
1: Hashtag no nudes. All day. We did get. We did get a nude from somebody though. We did. It's true. Yeah.
0: Somebody sent us a nude.
1: It sent us a, wasn't it a stick penis like a stick, a stick penis. It was a stick
0: penis. Yeah. We're not going to say who it was.
1: <laughs> you know who you are though.
0: But I know who I am. <laughs> it was Amac. <laughs> All right, with that, we are going to get into our intro for next week, which is going to be what? Amac, where are we going? Going to Hoth, into the the Star Wars universe, to the planet Hoth.
1: To the best of the Star Wars movies, personal opinion,
0: it's just me. It's getting snowy, and it's getting Star Warsy. I don't Mm -hmm. know how else to call it. Get all those ATATs, yeah. Wampas, Mister Skywalker coming in hot. I think he's on the planet,
1: shooting his shooting his uh his tether and just going right up to that yeah. and just knows the perfect place to cut that walker open and throw in one hand grenade. Yep. Blow the Boom. whole thing. Whole up. thing.
0: It's almost like they could have all done that, but we'll yeah. get into that next yeah. yeah. All right. At this point, we'd like to uh, remind you if you enjoyed the podcast, so please share us with your friends. Leave us reviews on Apple. Uh, subscribe on Spotify. We're on all the major streaming areas. Please. Uh, please. Apple, yeah. Apple reviews really help get us in front of a bigger audience. Yeah. So. On top of that, we'd like to thank our first Apple reviewer. Shout out to Old Crust, Old Crust, Old, Old Crust, coming in hot with the <laughs> that, Apple review. Hey, man, it, made, was, made it was, yeah. it, it was, was detailed.
1: Good. Yeah, it was detailed. We don't. legitimately. We don't know who this person is. We don't think it's any of our friends or people that we know. Yeah, we hope it's not. Because, if it is, don't tell us. Don't, yeah, don't ruin the illusion. I'll tell
0: you what, Old Crust. If you hear this, drop us an email and just exclusively give us your location in the world. Yeah, and your social That's security it. number. And your social security <laughs> number if you like have a separate tax identifier. Yeah, give us your tax ID. No, but we appreciate it, old crust. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, also our Instagram follower Toastman Walking, which also we don't know who this person is, yeah. but they're following us, they're sharing our stuff, sharing our stuff on their Instagram stories and helping us get some more Views, so we appreciate it, and thanks to everybody just listening in general. Yeah, yeah. like seriously, we really I, appreciate yeah. it. We're probably by the time this comes out, we'll be close to if things continue, four hundred. Yeah, we'll yeah, four hundred. We so were so
1: psyched to get to one hundred, and the fact yeah. that we already made it to almost four hundred is, 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 is wild. It's yeah, crazy.
0: thank you very much, everybody well yeah. listening. And if
1: you want us to give you a shout out, maybe you should leave us a review. Maybe yeah, we'll there you go. It. Maybe that's how this works mm-hmm. quid pro quo. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nothing in life is free, boys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well that's it, boys. Uh, yeah, we did it. Yeah. It's really
1: hot in this room.
0: It is. We're getting hot and sweaty in here. I
1: mm-hmm. mean, talking about a bunch of dudes, you know. We also are, sanctioned pederasty so. earlier in the yeah. day,
0: so we're all drinking coffee, a hot, yeah. hot beverages. Well, not all of us. No, Some of us are drinking coffee, which is making it even warmer I'm in here. Trying to,
1: trying to make me look like the, like the bitch in the room? Is I'm that what not we're doing? Saying exactly it out. I don't drink coffee. But <laughs> <I'm> <laughs>
0: you drinking. said it, so there. We is. also went out on a bit of a, a drinking spree last night, oh, so God. we're sweating that out. Yeah, yeah. but. In, uh, well, that's it for it thanks guys and uh, everybody remember to wash your hands wash
1: that's actually that is, that is incredibly very good John eh? that's yeah. good information it used to be yeah. wipe Thank your you.
0: ass now it's wash okay. your hands yeah.
1: don't go to work if you're sick you fucking yeah.
0: degenerates yeah. Yeah. Yep. Jesus keep it clean
1: stay safe out there yep and join us next time